Driving that coach. 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 And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Dropping That Culture with JD and AJ. I'm JD. I'm AJ. And welcome again to another beautiful week here in 2020. Uh, this past week was uh, <laughs> JD Bell's Appreciation Day. Uh, first off, I want to thank all my friends and family who were nice enough to spread the kind words and spread the news about JD Bell's Appreciation Day. I really, really did appreciate it. Not to beat a dead horse here, but uh, it was really good. It was really nice. Like, the reason I do. Uh, JD Bell's Appreciation Day is kind of like almost like a gauge of like how much goodwill have I put out hmm. in the year. And like I said, my phone blew up that entire day. Well, it's nice to know you appreciate being appreciated. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but more importantly is the fact that you know what I'm saying I'm you know saying I'm doing something right that people actually want to say hey happy birthday you know what I'm saying like fucking you know what I'm saying congratulations on everything you're doing that kind of thing it, it really feels good so it was really nice yeah. and then of course you went out of town yep with the family but at least we got our uh, our party in before then damn right we did had a, had a nice little watch along last week to one of the greatest if not the greatest MCU movie ever yeah fucking Blade baby and all the paper in the streets of LA <laughs> I love that name by the way there's Thank paper you. in the streets of LA <laughs> <laughs> we might have to turn that into another movie. I'm dead. That's a good name. It's a good line. It's paper in the streets of LA. That is a really good line. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, also, there's a new development on the family front in terms of like a like part of a podcast family here. So yeah, that's true. Actually, uh, so uh, Dean Jackson, who some of you probably know or maybe don't know, is my my father. He's also the deputy executive director of the Cold Case Foundation. And uh, well, while I was out in Utah, um, I worked with him and uh, helped them get set up so that they're going to start doing some podcasts now. Uh, those guys are doing, honestly, they're doing God's work. They're out there working cold cases, missing persons, um, murder investigations, some of this stuff that people have been trying to get answers on for 40 years. Hmm. Um, which, I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking to see, but it's good to know that those guys are out there doing this and working this kind of stuff. So they just got their approval for Apple. So they're on Apple Podcasts. They're on Podbean. And I think they got to put out another four or so, and then they'll be on uh, Spotify. Um, but these guys, uh, like Greg, who's the executive director, he's retired FBI profiler. He's been face to face with some of the worst guys out there, and honestly, he's caught him. If you like, you know, anything like uh, uh, what's that? Uh, Mind Hunter. It's mm-hmm. out on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. If that's your jam, mm-hmm. you're gonna love this podcast because it's yeah. the real guys talking about real cases and real things they do. What's the name of it? It's just Cold Case Foundation Podcast. All right, so folks, if you ever get a chance, if you're on Spotify, Podbean, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts and whatnot, uh, go and check out a member of the uh, Dropping That Culture family, the Cold Case, Cold Case Files? Cold Case Foundation. Cold Case Foundation Podcast. Cold, Cold Case Co- Foundation is important because if you do Cold yeah. Case Files, I don't know who those people are. I can't yeah. vouch for them one way or another. Foundation. Cold Case Foundation. Foundation. Those guys are legit. Mm-hmm. You go to their website, check them out, coldcasefoundation.org. They are... They're a huge growing network of guys that are out there chasing down bad guys and putting them behind bars. 
All right, so like again, check out Cold Case Foundation, folks. And also, since we're going to talk about uh, different things, let's talk about our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, of course, a regular sponsor of the show, Belsoverse, uh, located on Facebook and Instagram. Please check out the Belsoverse's pages on both of those uh, platforms. And also check out uh, the Dropping That Culture page on Facebook. Like I said, we do a lot of interaction. We've been getting a lot of hits lately, mm-hmm. mainly because of weirdo shit that AJ's been putting on there. Uh, particularly yeah. like weirdo pictures of AJ. <laughs> That, that picture of you. Which one? Oh. <laughs> what do you mean, which one? <laughs> the one, the roasting one. The one of me, oh yeah. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. actually, because no, I get the uh, statistics on that. That's probably like the one of the posts that have gotten the most attention is that one thing of you getting roasted. It is the worst photo of me ever, and yeah. I don't know why or how that was taken and why they, <laughs> literally, I was at this event. <laughs> This professional ass photographer uh, sitting over there. Yeah. They have us all come in. It was like, jeez, uh, I remember what it was. It was like it was, it was some deal for like teachers or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was. It was some sort of like a what do you call it, a job fair kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I was just there hanging out. My wife was doing her thing. She's walking around. They said, "Oh, so you're attending? You get a free photo." And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" <laughs> Sat down. <laughs> That's why not. How in the hell they thought that was a good look? I mean, I was hamming a tiny bit. <laughs> But my God, that is about the worst thing I've ever seen. Dude, you look fucking crazy in that picture. <laughs> I know, right? Well, hey, I mean, listen to the podcast. I hang out with you. Oh, I'm just saying, dude, you look fucking nuts. <laughs> That's actually the better of the two. That's why I love that. I'm like, dude, this, you look fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, man, please go check out the Driving That Culture Facebook page. And also uh, check out uh, some Belsiverse merch at teespring.com. Mm-hmm. That is teespring.com. Again, we have a... Uh, little uh, sale right now or a little offer for 20% off uh, if you put in the name Belser85 you get 20% off of all apparel for Belserverse uh, please check that out please support the cause and also our other sponsor ushooker.com mm-hmm. for all of your rugby and hooker needs you can get t-shirts <laughs> mugs hats jackets hoodies we got it all and actually uh, we're going to be doing a uh uh, a, a discount as well coming up uh, actually this week to start off and kick off MLR, which uh, is actually going to its third week now. Mm-hmm. Um, 25% off. Code is going to be MLR2020. Nice. MLR2020. So that's M is in major, mm-hmm. L is in league, R mm-hmm. is in rugby. Yeah. Get in there, get yourself some U.S. hooker merchandise, mm-hmm. learn the, the amazing sport of rugby, and have a blast. All right, cool. Now, last week, uh, we had to kind of speed along because, of fact, I actually had a gig uh, that was an early morning shoot in Lancaster, which went very well, by the way. And we had a lot of fun. It was actually a country music shoot uh, for this artist, uh, Tim uh, Hicks, uh, Canadian mm-hmm. Um country music singer uh, the song comes out in a couple weeks I can't really say until it comes out but it's going to be really fun we it'll just... end up on the, the, the both the Belserverse page yeah. and dropping that culture oh, for yeah. Sure. oh yeah y'all see it y'all will see it you'll see it you'll see it um, but uh, because of the fact I actually have another music video shoot tomorrow uh, in Venice Beach but it's not it's not a, it's not an early call yeah, it's not an early call at all so we're going to go ahead and bring back some of our uh, regular segments on the show first off 7 Degrees of Eddie Murphy where I can connect Excuse me. Every any major American film star off of memory right here live um, to the great Eddie Murphy. Like I said, it's a very version of the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but I just like this version better. Now, AJ. Yeah. My AJ got a couple names for me tonight. Alec Baldwin. I'm going to start it off. Good choice. Thank you. Uh, Alec Baldwin was, you know, I'm trying to think of the, the wide range of Alec Baldwin movies. I'm trying to. Try to get out the obvious choices here. Ah, good one. 
uh, Alec Baldwin is in the uh, no is in the uh, Departed with Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson is in Life with Eddie Murphy. Mm, that was pretty quick. Yep. I'm gonna keep it with the A's for a second. Alan Alda. Alan Alda. Ugh. That one's one degree away, but I'll see if you pick it up. Oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Alan Alda was in California Suite with Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Oh, uh, was, uh, was in California Suite with not Jane Fonda. Let's go with the obvious one, Richard Pryor. Uh, Alan Alda was in California Suite with Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was in Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy. Dude, I was actually going even more recent than that. Oh yeah, Tower Heist. Exactly. The one that we've gone back to as a Nexus multiple times. I don't. I, I, I actually <laughs> thought about that, but I was like, you know what? I want to go another route. That was a good route. So, so yeah. All right, one more. One more. Um, we were talking about some interesting kind of one-hit wonders as far as the feature film side goes. I'm gonna throw out Ice T. Okay. Actually, you know what? I got a good one. No, that's oh, that's super easy. Ice T was in New Jack City with Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes is in Double um, Mike is My Name with Eddie Murphy. Without Dolomite, because that's brand new. Okay. I want, I, want to, I want to see if you can get there. I still can. Okay. I still can. Okay. Uh, Ice-T was in Ricochet with John Lithgow. John Lithgow was in... Hmm, uh, let's go to... Not, not a traditional route. Uh, yeah, John, no, John Lithgow was in... Santa Claus the movie with Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore was in Best Defense with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. I was hope, I was really hoping you'd find a way through Tank Girl. No, 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 no. No, 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 Because no. <laughs> that's, as so, far as I'm concerned, no, that's ISTs uh, best feature no, film as soon as, as soon as I saw in my head Santa Claus the movie, I was like, fuck that. No, I'm going that route. <laughs> but no, nobody talks about Santa Claus the movie. It's not a bad movie. Nobody talks about Tank Girl. Yeah, I like. I like. I mean, it's messed up. It's ridiculous. But I it's like great. Lori Petty. It's not my favorite role of hers. Actually, my favorite Lori Petty thing it's, is actually uh, in the army now. Yeah, for sure. I'll yeah. give you that. But yeah. I have to say, Tank Girl overall, it's it's so ridiculous. It's so bad that it's good. Yeah. The whole thing with like the water bottles yeah, yeah. and like these half kangaroo like yeah, crazy yeah. fucking like special forces guys like it's out of this world I saw they must have been out of their minds I saw it once when I was like really young and I never saw it again but I, I, I know I know it's based on the comic though that's all I know I'll talk my head of hey, Tank Girl hey I've I've got it on DVD if you want to borrow it it's probably not gonna happen but <laughs> let's know you have it on DVD alright so that was uh, 7 Degrees of Eddie Murphy now let's bring back another favorite WWBS what would Busey say uh, nice little rambling from the mind of the great Gary Busey. Now, what is a subject that Gary can rant about tonight, AJ? I always wonder what Gary Busey thinks about babies. All right, here we go. <sighs> babies. I'm tell you something about babies. I love making them. That's, a <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one part I love about babies. <laughs> Uh, just the whole intricacy of that. But once they actually get spit out, you know, it's it's weird initially because I'm, I'm very fra- I'm very very frazzled around children. You know, so I know it's like it's like little kids can look into the to the windows of your soul, man. It's really weird to look at them, you know. And I've seen some ugly babies, really ugly babies. And fucked up part about it is I'll tell people like you got a really ugly kid, man. Like I, you know, you're not supposed to say that. It's not PC, but goddamn, if your kid looks like a goddamn gremlin and shit, like I'm sorry, your kid is ugly. Put that shit away and don't feed it after midnight. That's all I'm saying. 
And also, I hate the whole maintenance in terms of take care of baby. You gotta wash it. You gotta feed it. You gotta, you know, clean up its shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I got I got enough of that dealing with that myself. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I got somebody that actually does that for me. Uh, his name is Enrique. He's a really good guy, and uh, obviously, you know, very solid. Because in fact, he does, you know, sometimes see my see my my poop cutter. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but <laughs> in terms of in terms of babies themselves, man. I'll tell you one thing about babies. I do love the sympathy that it brings out of people. Because I'll have like a baby in my arms. Just a random baby. I don't have any kids. I just have a random baby. And you know, you'd be surprised what you can get for about a good thousand dollars, man. Just like just a baby just to walk around with for a day, you know. And people just, oh, it's so beautiful. Is that your baby? No, not at all. I just like, I like looking at him. You know, look at him. Look at him. Huh? <laughs> ah. Spit out. <laughs> Once the babies spit out. Oh my god. That's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey's got a fucked up mind, I'll say that. You gotta spit the baby out, man. <laughs> and then maintenance. <laughs> like giant bitch, baby. <laughs> All right, let's go into another favorite hero of the show. Dropping that news. Dropping that news. Okay, folks. So it's actually been a pretty slow um, news week in terms of like a lot of the major stuff in Hollywood. Uh, first thing I want to do I is think say, everyone's still hung over from the Oscars. From the Oscars, yeah. But first and foremost, I would like to uh, uh, send my condolences out to the family of Janet uh, Janet Dubois. Uh, best known as uh, Wilona on the classic sitcom Good Time, she passed away this past week at the age of seventy four years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, like being a you know being of course a black kid, but not just any kid, but like you know yeah. Good Times is just one of those shows that's always been around on television. You know what I'm saying? You always see it's like on multiple networks all the time. So at some point, somebody has seen at least one episode of fucking Good Times. For sure. And myself, I've I've seen them all so multiple times. And like I said, it's just, it's just part of the culture, man. It's part of, especially as a black man, it's part of our culture, man. And um, it's been around forever. It's just one of those shows that just keeps coming back. They just did the thing on uh, ABC where they did like the live version of uh, mm-hmm. New Good Times. And it was, uh, I think it was Tiffany Haddish that played uh, the Wallona part. But Janae Dubois, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Janae Dubois is the originator. To me, she's like the original... TV sassy neighbor, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they they had sure. wacky neighbors before, like you know, like you know, uh, Ralph Ralph Norton and all that shit. But she was like the, the sassy, you know, able come in, you know, say some sassy shit and then just go head out, you know what I'm saying? And uh, she was a big part of that show. And then she would go on to do many other projects. Uh, she was the mother in I'm gonna get you sucker, which we mm-hmm. talked about in reverence on this show. She was also a cast member on the Wayans Brothers show uh, with Sean and Marlon Wayans, along with the late John Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Who also just passed away recently? Uh, she's been on, featured on so many other different shows like Martin and different shows like that. But my favorite contribution that she's done, and I think, is one that we both love, is that she is the singer of the Jeffersons theme song. Mm-hmm. Well, we're moving on up, moving on up to the east side. <laughs> Whoever want, you ever wonder who that was? Is Janae Dubois? Fish don't fry in the kitchen. I believe she wrote it too. <laughs> Well, it's a killer. It's probably, honestly, it's probably the best theme song ever. You mean just the, the humming at the end? <laughs> That's Janae Dubois, man. May she rest in peace, man. Of the pie. 
That's all, man. Rest in peace, Janae. Yeah. And uh, also another big, uh, in terms of uh, casting announcement, uh, for the season two of The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, uh, they just cast WWE superstar Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. It's not disclosed exactly what her role is on the show, but like I said, seeing as how it's doing wonders for people that are on there like Gina Carano and you know Carl Weathers, they had a lot of weird guest people on The Mandalorian. I don't know if you noticed that. They had like Amy Sedaris and uh, Jason Sudeikis did one. Uh, freaking Bill Burr did one. Dude, who's going to turn down a chance to be in Star Wars? Exactly. Yeah, so they had some really good guest stars on that, but from the looks of it, she's going to be like a semi-regular character. I don't know who she's yeah. playing, but hey, go from WWE to Star Wars, that's not, a hell of a jump right there. It's, it's you know not what a bad transition. Not a bad transi- transition at all. So I'm looking forward to see how she do. Number one, I think she's beautiful. I was, I've always been a fan of her work as a wrestler, but I really think she's beautiful. And plus, she's a big comic nerd. So hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see what she plays. Well, she's a comic nerd. She should definitely be a Star Wars nerd then. Oh yeah, definitely, man. So fuck it. There's actually a great uh, gaming channel if you ever get a chance. It's called Up Up Down Down. Uh, uh, ran by WWE superstar Xavier Woods, black guy, hmm. and all it's all about gaming and nerd culture and all that good stuff. I'm a subscriber, and it's a great, great uh, channel. Like they'll do all kinds of games. They do like you know Rocket League and all these hmm. other gaming stuff or whatever. And I, like I said, I, I can't you know. Express how much how good it is enough, man. And, uh, and it also one of the features of it, it has a lot of the WWE superstars, past and present. You know, like kind of seeing, you know, kind of piercing behind the veil, see who they really are. You know hmm. what I'm saying? So it's really cool, man. And actually, the uh, most recent one I saw was like uh, Ronda Rousey was on there. Oh really? Yeah, Ronda Rousey on there. I yeah, totally Ronda, missed that. Yeah, Ronda Rousey, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H. I think when it's like when they hit like a certain milestone yeah. in terms of like uh, subscriptions, they get like try to get a really big person like in terms of like that world. So yeah, the most recent one was like I think they almost got like two million subscribers, so they got Ronda Rousey. Nice. Yeah. So give us the two million. We'll get Ronda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. So another uh, bit of news. Uh, this past week, they released the first look. Of Robin Pattinson as the new Batman. Now, it's basically just a camera test. It might not be, might not even be the finished product, but uh, actually Zoe Kravitz was just on the Tonight Show the other night, so they mm-hmm. are filming right now in London, uh, and she's playing Catwoman, so I'm, it might be the finished product. I'm not sure. But it looks really good. looks very angular. kind of kind of resembles the... Uh, uh, Later, uh, Christian Bale version of the bat suit, not the first one, but the like the more like you know was like multiple parts mm. that version, and uh, has a really big like uh, bat symbol on the chest. But like one thing about it is, and there's, there's a lot of lot of comments that I saw about this uh, because the fact it was shining like red lighting. Right. A lot of people said it resembled Daredevil, uh, the mm. Marvel Netflix version of Daredevil, which it does. Because the fact the cowl is very similar in in, ter- in terms of both of them, but um, like I said, he got the suit now, so he's officially Batman. I mean, I just have to say I'm still not a fan of him in that role, but with this camera test, mm-hmm. I think it went over better than the camera test for Jared Leto, or I guess they should say the the publicity photos they released during Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about a hundred times before, whoever went after Heath Ledger was gonna have the worst time ever trying to make that transition. Yeah, but. That having been said, it could have been a hell of a lot better for him. They just, that went completely off the rails. Right. I'm hopeful this will be a nice little cat. Because you and I, have, well, we've slightly differed on it a little bit, but I just haven't been a big fan of Ben Affleck as Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because I can't see him as Bruce Wayne. I, n- I don't know enough of Robert Pattinson's work to be able to say that there's no way he can do the role. I'm yeah. just cautiously optimistic. 
Okay, I can see that. Because Batman's my favorite comic book character. I got you. Well, as far as superheroes. Yeah. Uh, Last bit of news. uh, The great Mark Hamill has joined the cast of Kevin Smith's uh, relaunch of Masters... uh, Excuse me, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe on Netflix. He'll be playing Skeletor. (laughs) You know, I'm just good with Joker. Hey, he did a great Joker. Actually, he's done a bunch of other different characters. Like, I didn't know... If you're, like, fans of Spider-Man, the animated series from the 90s, I didn't know until recently that he was the fucking Hobgoblin. And that was one of the great characters on that show. I had no idea. Yeah, he's the hot guy. Like man. right now is when I found out. Yeah, so like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like he's a fucking That's crazy. He's a fucking hot guy. And, and like, you, know, you kind of listen to him. I can hear the, you can hear the mark. You can hear a little of the Joker in there. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I got you now. And he did a bunch of other different Marvel shows. I think recently he did like uh, uh, Avengers Symbol, where he played like Claw, like Claw, okay. Claw from like Black Panther, and he played like Arnim Zola from Captain America. He's one of he's done a bunch of different uh, voice acting stuff, but you know, it's still Mark Hamill. So yeah. I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm sure he'll do fantastic. Hundred percent. All right, and that pretty much is it. That was dropping that news. Dropping that news. Such a dork. Who are you talking to? You and I have been playing this game for too many, too many years at this point. We are definitely gigantic dorks. We're nerds, we're geeks, we're whatever you want it to be. We can go on and on about this useless dork. Yeah, exactly. Actually, funny though, fucking the Police Academy movies on Netflix now. Really? Remember one in like remember like the one when they went to Miami? No, you know the one when they went to Miami and then the dude did the uh, suntan yeah, on yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Harris's chest and everybody just called him Dork. It was so Dork. <laughs> it was that <added> Dork. <laughs> hey, you know what? There was a piece of news I just realized you missed. What's up? Well, there's a there's a show on Netflix. Something about a hundred humans. Oh, that's right. That's something that definitely needs to make our news. Okay, all right. So uh, one more little piece of dropping that news. Um, about two years ago, I did a Netflix show. It's kind of like a kind of a kind of a mix between a reality competition show and a social experiment. And the name of the show was One Hundred Humans, which is going to be debuting on uh, March thirteenth, I believe, on Netflix. I am one of the One Hundred Humans. So if you ever get a chance, go check that out. It's going to be a pretty interesting show, especially as an interesting experience making this shit. So <laughs> it's true. You were sleeping in my bed. That's right. And actually, while I was doing it, shut up, don't say, don't say <laughs> like that. But while I was doing it, uh, I, I, I stayed. You were. I stayed in the South Bay. I'm not going to say where, but I stayed in the South Bay out here. And, 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 and <laughs> shut up. And I stayed in the South Bay out here in Los Angeles. And the show was, the show was shot off in uh, Cal State Northridge, which is a good significant amount away. And I didn't want to do that drive every night. So I stayed at AJ's place. And uh, you were saying, what, Santa Monica at the time? Yeah, I was in Santa Monica, but I was out of town, so I just let you yeah. have the run of the joint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he was out of town, so he actually stayed, I actually stayed at AJ's house. But it was house. funnier the way I said it. Yeah, well, because technically it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it, can, it, it can cause some confusion for some folks. It was hot and sweaty in there, but... <laughs> I, all, all I'm going to say is mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. <laughs> but please check out 100 Humans when it airs on uh, March 13th. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Hey, we got to make sure we get all the important plugs in, man. That's right. All right, let's, let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of what we're watching tonight. Uh, our One of my favorite movies, definitely my favorite sci-fi movie of all time, uh, 1987's RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. I'm so, right. Dude, I love this movie so fucking much. It's a great film. Oh, my God. And then, like, freaking, as many times as I've seen it, it just never gets old. 
it never gets old. And there's very few movies where I can say that in my in, in my lifetime of all the movies I've seen. Like, it was like, I can watch this one at the drop of a hat anytime. Jump so, into it anyway. Exactly. So, uh, what I want you to do, folks, this is a watch-along. So, we're going to be watching it and giving you, you facts as we're watching it. Yeah, let's go ahead and cue this thing up, man. And we're going right. to be giving you guys facts as we're watching this movie. So, let's go ahead and press play now. I got the uh, classic MGM. MGM. MGM, man. There you go. With the raw. I like the family guy shit. He's like, I want to uh, stick. He was like, uh, the line as a little kid is like, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to stick my head through a hole in uh, you raw before movies. Everybody's like, ha ha ha. And he's like, you see him like, who's laughing now, bitches? <laughs> the other thing, dude, have you actually seen the behind the scenes photo of them filming that? Yes. Those guys were like inches away. Mm-hmm. It was. It's one of the scariest looking things I've ever seen. For the explosions and shit. Well, no, for the. I'm talking for the lion. Oh yeah, like the original from the very first one. Throw Robocop, dude. They're they're a foot away. If that, there's no mm-hmm. trainer nearby because they don't want to get him in the shot. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So now we get into the first little bit of our uh, 1987's the, Robocop. The satirical version of this here. News break. Give us well, give us three minutes and we'll give you the world. Yeah, and we're gonna show you a. 500 different horrible things that may have happened. With uh, Jess Perkins and uh, I forget the uh, guy's name. But like Jess Perkins, the actress there, uh, Lisa Gibbons is actually going to become an actual TV personality. She had her own talk show at one point. I totally missed that. Yeah, Lisa Gibbons. So yeah. and uh, <laughs> you're, Actually, I read the original script of RoboCop and they described the the main guy here, Jess Jess Wong, some Jess Wong, something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they describe they describe him as Eurasian. So, all right, I can see that now. You, you know, you know the really interesting thing I think about them setting this in Detroit to begin with. Yeah, they were really ahead of their ahead of the curve, right? Yeah. Because they they kind of saw mm-hmm. how bad Detroit was going to get. Yeah. in the next twenty years or so. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Hold on. We have a. Uh, Bit of a we're tenor. streaming it, so we have a little thing. A little bit of a tenor. Re- little bit. Reset it. it just <laughs> paused out on While it. we're doing that, <coughs> go ahead and pause your uh, connection there real quick. Uh, once we're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and knock out a few facts about RoboCop. Now, RoboCop was written by Ed Newmeyer and Michael Meyer. Now, Ed Newmeyer is the one that kind of initiated this whole thing. He was an executive at Universal, and he was actually uh, there around the time they were shooting uh, Blade Runner. And he got the idea of RoboCop... While walking past the postal Blade Runner, he asked his friend, like, what the movie's about. He's like, oh, it's about this, it's about this cop hunting robots. And then that spot, that sparked the idea. What about if we did a movie about a robot cop? Now, while that's happening, he actually meets another writer named Michael Miner, who was a, he was a writer, and he was also known as a music video director at the time, who apparently was working on a similar idea uh, called Super Cop. And it's about a cop who gets injured and becomes the donor for this experiment and he becomes like he apparently some prosthesis is put on him and he becomes like this super cop as a result of it so they decided Miner and Newmeyer decided to merge their ideas together and RoboCop is the result now the first treatment was really uh, from uh, RoboCop was actually just about a robot cop who was not a cyborg uh, but uh, apparently the developer of the story the development of the story is that his mind was actually becoming more and more human now, the plot was supposed to take place in the distant future. The world's supposed to be run by corporations. And basically, the, the visual that they were trying to go for is a world that was similar to Blade Runner, which was a big inspiration for this movie, apparently. The thing about it is, uh, the original treatment was rejected 
because of the fact he had an incomplete storyline and because of the uh, where it was said they knew it was going to be crazy expensive. So a lot of people gave that up. Now, once they actually got down the actual main draft of what RoboCop would be, they started looking for an actual director. Now, most of the major directors in Hollywood, of course, turned this movie down. Like, apparently, they said they turned it down as soon as they saw the title, RoboCop. Because, like, no self-respecting director at that time wanted to be associated with anything called RoboCop. RoboCop. So, but... To be, honest, yeah, to, to be yeah, fair, it yeah. does sound like it's, you know, some sort of a B cartoon movie. or something. It sounds very B-movie. To be generous. Yeah, it sounds very B-movie. So, yeah, a lot of people turned it down. But the person that did uh, actually take it was Dutch director Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> now, if you folks ever seen Paul Verhoeven or seen any of Paul Verhoeven's work, dude is out there. Very, very wild little Dutch man. <laughs> very wild. Very wild little Dutch man. And uh, he was actually uh, working... He had been working in the Netherlands for more than a decade. He had directed several films that became kind of art house classics among like the actors in the 80s, particularly Soldier of Orange, which apparently a lot of the people in the cast of Robocop liked. Uh, but he moved away from the Netherlands to seek broader opportunities in Hollywood. Now, while a lot of people tend to credit Robocop as his like, English language debut, his actual English language debut, excuse me, was actually a movie called Flesh and Blood in 1985 starring Rucker Howard, who was kind of like, you know how like you got like Bobby De Niro and Scorsese, you got Johnny Depp and uh, fucking... Uh, Tim Burton. Well, Rugger Howard was sort of like for Paul Verhoeven's guy. You know what I'm saying? He was the okay. one that he would go to for like, you know, uh, this is my guy for this movie, you know, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. a Dutch accent. Now, like most of the directors that we talked about, when Verhoeven first saw the actual script, same thing, he saw the title Robocop and he actually threw it in the trash. So I'm not, I, and he actually does an interview. He's like, I, I will not be connected to this, this rubbish. No, no. But afterwards, his wife actually picked up the script and read it, and she's like, you know, well, this ain't exactly Shakespeare, but there's a lot more to this than you actually think it is. And then he took a second glance at it because his wife did, and he really got into the whole allegory of a man being killed and then resurrected because he he was like, apparently he studied like theology, he was big into that kind of stuff. So uh, he decided to make his version of what he would call the American Jesus. <laughs> that's what he, that's what he kept saying in the interviews. Right. I, I said, I mean, I said, all right, folks, uh, we're having a little bit of a technical difficulty there, but we'll uh, go ahead and continue as is. Uh, like I was saying, um, <coughs> I believe it, I don't know exactly what part I cut out, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just go from there. We cut out during the American Jesus. Okay, so like uh, Paul Verhoeven uh, basically said that he wanted to make Robocop. He's the American Jesus. Uh, he's the American. He, yeah, he wanted to do the Jesus story, but told through the American, you know, like uh viewpoint and like I said there's one scene you see later in the movie where Robocop is literally walking on water there's actually right, a, I forgot about yeah, that yeah, there's actually uh, kind of a, a, a intentional thing done by Paul Verhoeven also when he's when Murphy is killed which we'll see a little bit later uh, the first thing you do is they take out the hand Mm. Kind of like some reminiscent of the state going through Jesus's hand on the cross. Right, right, right. So like his like crucifixion is when they kill him. So, and then they resurrect him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, he really that's really the thing that kind of brought in Paul Verhoeven. Now um, the other directors that were uh, offered RoboCop before um, Paul Verhoeven came on board, um, Alex Cox, who did Repo Man. 
Okay. Uh, he actually got offered. He turned it down. Also, another one, uh, Ken Johnson, who created uh, the Incredible Hulk TV show. Okay. They yeah, offered yeah, yeah. they offered it to him, but he declined because he read the script and he thought it was quote mean spirited, ugly, and ultraviolet. Yeah. So he. he I did. mean, he's not. He's not inaccurate. Yeah, he's not inaccurate at all. And also, uh, both uh, Ed Newmeyer and Paul Verhoeven have declared themselves to be very left wing in terms of their politics. But a lot of people tend to view RoboCop as a fascist movie. Yeah, to a yeah. certain extent. But like, it's like fascist. Fa- they they they, uh, they basically say there's fascism for liberals. <laughs> That's basically what this movie is. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, also, one little joke between the movie, which we're going to see a little bit later, is the uh, show, you know, uh, uh, the Bixby Snyder show, which is actually the name of it. <laughs> a, lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know the name of that show. Like, oh, oh, they just know the catchphrase. So the catchphrase, I'd buy that for a dollar, is kind of like the whole thing where, like, everybody just makes it funnier than it actually is. And, it's like, and you see all the actors that watch it, they think it's the most hilarious shit ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Bixby Snyder, the actual actor's name is S.D. Namath. <laughs> uh, and then actually a lot of people didn't even know his name cause, but until like there's a line of dialogue by one of the girls like, Happy birthday, Bixby. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they got the name. Oh yeah, actually the, the sorry, the actual name of the show is It's Not My Problem. That's the name of the show for the Bixby Snyder thing. Like, I bet, yeah, it was really weird. Now, filming for this movie actually started in August 6, 1986, and they actually wrapped in October of the same year. Now, they pretty much shot most of it in, like, while the movie itself is supposed to be set in futuristic Detroit, the vast majority of the movie is actually shot a la RoboCop. All right, folks, uh, so real quick, we got to like, go ahead and let you folks know uh, we're having a bit of a technical difficulty in terms of the... Uh, the internet's playback. out. Yeah, the playback <laughs> for uh, RoboCop. Apparently, the internet has went out. This is when, uh, when streaming sucks. Yeah. So, but at the same time, we started the show, and the show must go on. We both have a lot of facts. We're going to push through yeah. this, and yeah. uh, if it comes back, you know, mm. within the next half hour, we'll just jump into it. If not, then, you know, we'll just give you a nice fact show, like when we, you know, went that's, over John Landis. That's what's up. All right? Cool. Let's keep it moving. We're going along. All right. So, like I was saying, like, uh, before, I think, I think before we got interrupted, uh, yeah. like, the movie is supposed to be shot in futuristic Detroit, but it actually was shot in Dallas, Texas. Now, a lot of the uh, futuristic buildings that you see are actually Dallas buildings, like the Reunion Tower. That's the background for like one of the car chases and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the front of the Dallas City Hall is actually OCP. That's what it huh. is. That, yeah, it's the front of Dallas City Hall. And also, they also have matte paintings and that shit to make it look way bigger than it actually is. And actually, all the steel mill scenes are actually shot in a place called uh, Monison, uh, Pennsylvania. Like, it's like a suburb of Pittsburgh. Okay. So that's that's where they shot the steel mill scenes. And actually, in terms of like how the movie was shot, the very last scene that was shot for the movie is Murphy's death. Yeah. Because the fact is so extensive, so they saved it for last. So it's the very last thing shot. Now, when they realized this movie was actually running, you know, uh, behind schedule and over budget, the director Paul Verhoeven, like I said, he purposefully made uh Murphy's death the last thing so that you know they can go back to LA and then like, exactly like um yeah they go out to LA and they can say you know the Zex can be there and watch it and all of this shit. So they gave him more money so they can actually supervise this actual shoot of this one scene. So yeah. yeah. 
Well, I mean, it it has to be because that's the one that's got to, you know, you have such a small window where you need to connect emotionally Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. him. Otherwise, you're literally just watching a robot and you're supposed to be rooting for a robot. Like, you have to have that humanity in there. Yeah. So, so you got some facts in there? Yeah. In fact, actually, one of the funniest things uh, about this film, so when the film was released, uh, there's there's actually a funny story that there was actually a robber, Mm -hmm. a robbery suspect, I should say, Mm -hmm. innocent until proven guilty, Mm -hmm. who was running from the cops who ran into a theater that was showing RoboCop. And uh, he, he, like, apparently sat down and just started watching the movie. And he was so engrossed in the film <laughs> that he didn't notice the cops evacuating everyone else in the theater. Mm. It was the middle of the day, so it wasn't like it was a full theater. Yeah. Uh, until they flipped on the lights and then they took him into custody. He was like, what the <laughs> like, How did this happen? It was a dumbass move. <laughs> I know. It's pretty pretty Good movie, life. but it's a dumbass move. Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, that's, that's, you know, if you're running for your life, basically, and you're <laughs> so engrossed in the film... That's what we call a good review. That's right. Very much so. Now, uh, going back to uh, Paul Verhoeven real quick. He and the movie's uh, makeup artist, Rob Boutine, we will get more into him later, uh, they clashed repeatedly before and during the production of this movie, mainly because of the design of RoboCop. Mm. Now, what they argue with the most is the scene where RoboCop takes off his helmet, that scene. Uh, Botine wanted it to be shot in a dark area. Fearing, he, fear, he feared that the harsh light would reveal too much of the makeup effects. Right. Verhoeven wanted it to be as bright as possible. And uh, basically saying that his, uh, his uh, director of photography, uh, Jost Vacano, would be able to light it properly without revealing anything. Eventually, you know, Paul Verhoeven got his way. And apparently Rob Botine refused to talk to him about anything further for the remainder of the shoot. Now, at the premiere... Both men were so impressed by how the scene turned out that they immediately forgave each other. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? When it works out, it works out. And then actually, at one point, Rob Boutine actually vowed that he would never work with uh, Verhoeven again. Come to find out, he work with, he would work with all, Paul Verhoeven on his next movie, Total Recall. So <laughs> It works. Yeah. So you got, you got a factor? Yeah. In fact, since we're talking about the suit um, and the makeup effects and all that, the suit itself was the most expensive thing on set from the yep. production design standpoint. Yep. Somewhere between a half million to a million bucks. They're, they're, nobody's ever said for sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you talk, you know, especially the entire budget of this film, mm-hmm. which nobody really had any faith in, mm-hmm. except for, you know, Paul and the actors and the people who actually made it. Right. Uh, that's insane. That is ridiculous. Now, Paul himself admitted that while he, re- while he was reading the screenplay, he had some difficulties interpreting American slang because he's Dutch. Yeah. So he didn't get, you know, bitches. And why, uh, he, one thing he couldn't understand is why uh, black people were calling white people brother. No, like he didn't get that. You know, so what's happening, brother? Like, They're not related. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he, so he, he does shit like that, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, actually, kind of just a funny little aside, mm-hmm. 27 years after this film was, was made, which mm-hmm. the bankruptcy of Detroit's kind of a big thing. Yes. Detroit actually did file for bankruptcy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. Is, that a, is that an issue of life imitating art? That is a common <laughs> theme throughout the RoboCop movies is like how bankrupt uh, Detroit is. <laughs> when you're ahead of your time, you're ahead of your time. Yeah. Now, the soundtrack, which is actually one of my favorite soundtrack scores for this movie was done by the great late, the late great uh, Basil Polderis who also did the music for Conan hmm. so all that dope ass music you hear in Conan the, the you know that uh, orchestral music Basil uh, Polderis he actually did the same thing for this movie but he did the orchestral stuff but he added the synthesized machine stuff to kind of illustrate the whole thing he's man and he's a machine. So you can really feel that throughout the score. I think the score really to me is most powerful when RoboCop goes home. 
Hmm. When he goes, when he goes yeah. home to see his old house, and he sees it abandoned, he starts having the flashbacks of yeah. his old life with his son and his wife. You're having those moments of humanity come through. Yeah, exactly. And then, like you know, the whole the, the heartbreaking part of that whole get down. The whole thing is heartbreaking, but the real heartbreaking was, was like was like the very end where he's about to leave, and he sees his wife, and the wife's like, "I love you." And it looks like they're about to have an intimate moment, but then it disappears. It's like, yeah, that's gone, man. Like that shit breaks your heart, man. Really, yeah, does. yeah. Now, um, let's go ahead and again to a little bit of the casting. Now, Paul Verhoeven, of course, initially wanted his his guy, Rutger Howard, to be Robocop, and also another uh person that was uh, considered was uh Michael Ironside, you know, from Scanners. Yeah. So <laughs> that would have been interesting, yeah. And funny enough, Michael Ironside would be the bad guy in his next movie, Total Recall. Mm. So, but yeah, but both of those guys were considered. Too big for what they were going for in terms of like uh, the suit itself, physicality. Because yeah. I mean that that actually was a problem later on. They mm-hmm. they couldn't actually get him into the car yeah. wearing the suit because it was so bulky. So they that's yeah. why you only ever see him in the car or just getting out or just getting in. You never actually see him get all the yeah. way in. And apparently Schwarzenegger was suggested by the studio Ryan because they had so much success with him right. because of Terminator. But again. They're like, dude, he's way too big for what yeah. they're trying to do. <laughs> way so, too big. So what they needed was they needed an actor who was uh, had a small, like, slim, almost like runner's body, but could give off the physicality of somebody much larger. Now, enter Peter Weller. Now, Peter Weller at this point was actually just a, you know another one of these journeyman actors. He had been around for, like... 10 plus years prior doing different movies here and there. Yep. I think the biggest movie he did at this point was Buckaroo Banzai. Something like that, yeah. Across the whatever dimension. <laughs> Where he's like, well, basically the character of Buckaroo Banzai is like kind of like a rehash of uh, Doc's, Doc's uh, Savage, I believe that's the name of it. Okay. But the old pulp character where he's like an everyman scientist kind of thing. He's, he's a scientist, he's like a rock star, he's a surgeon, he's like an astronaut. All this shit in one person, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Buckaroo Banza. Uh But he had, like, been around for a good little while. And like I said, he fit the frame because, of the fact, he was very slender. He was, like, 5'10 at the time. And one of the reasons they really cast him because, of the fact, his, he had a fantastic jawline. And he had a very expressive lower half of his face. So they really needed that for the design of RoboCop. Uh, another uh, casting thing that they had was uh, actually Stephanie Zimblist was supposed to be Lewis. Really? Yeah. Stephanie Zimblist, for most people who don't know, was from the show uh, Remington Steel back in the 80s uh, with her and uh, Pierce Brosnan, future James Bond. <laughs> now, funny enough, they had actually canceled Remington Steel in 1986. Uh, and, actually, and when they canceled it, both stars were free to go off and do whatever they wanted to do. Now... The fucked up part about it is, since we mentioned James Bond, Pierce Brosnan had been, you know, courted to be the next James Bond. When news got out that Pierce Brosnan, the dude from Remington Steel, was going to be the next James Bond, interest in Remington Steel went up. Mm-hmm. As a result, they re-optioned Remington Steel, and both uh, Pierce and Stephanie Zimlist were basically forced to come back and do another season of Remington Steel. And like I said, this... The the interest in James, the James Bond interest kept fucking uh, Pierce from being James Bond at the time, and also kept Stephanie from being Lewis. So they recast uh, Lewis with uh, Nancy Allen, who at this point had been known for more or less like girly girl, bitchy type characters. I think our most famous part in this part at that time was like Carrie. She's the bitch in Carrie. 
Really? Yeah, she's the bad girl in Carrie. She's the one that like does the pig's blood shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Nancy Allen. Yeah, and John Travolta was her boyfriend. That shit. Yeah. So, and then I think she did another thing with John Travolta that uh, that shit with Brian De Palma blowout. Okay. Yeah, she's in that shit too. So, but uh, she's mainly known for her long, beautiful hair and being girly girls and bitches in different movies and shit. So they decided, you know what? Uh, we're gonna cut your hair. <laughs> and we're gonna cut it into this like bob, so it is meant to desexualize you, because that's another theme in this movie is that they wanted to desexualize uh, the cops in terms of like men and women. You know, you know they're out there doing the same job. They might as well, you know, saying work together and dress together and all that shit. So there's the one scene you see at the beginning of the movie where there's like uh, female cops in the same locker room with the male cops, and they're undressing together. Right. And nobody's saying nothing, so that's really what that's really one of the themes that they want to kick off straight up. Uh, now, in terms of the villain, uh, they asked both Kurtwood Smith and Ronnie Cox to play the villains. Now, both of those guys at that point were known for playing good guys. Yeah, yeah. So Ronnie, that's, that's yeah. actually Kurtwood's yeah. biggest probably it switch, is. and it changed everything for him. Yeah, this is a breakout for Kurtwood Smith because of fact, and also same thing for. Uh, for a little bit for Ronnie Cox. Now, Ronnie Cox at this point had been known for movies like Deliverance. He was in Deliverance and did like different movies like that. I think the biggest movie, box office wise, that Ronnie Cox had ever did at that point was Beverly Hills Cop. He's Bogomil, Lieutenant Bogomil. Oh, okay. In yeah, Beverly yeah, Hills yeah, Cop. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so he was a, he was a good guy in that. He was, you know, the, the dude that helps out Axel Foley and shit. And uh, Kurtwood Smith was like not as well known at that point, but he was getting there. But yeah, this, that even, even in the commentary, for this, uh, they did one. I think they did a special feature on one of the RoboCop DVDs where they actually had the villains and they're talking about the effect of the movie they had on them. Kurt was super said, "Yeah, this movie changed my life." Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but yeah, they uh, both were initially good guy types. And actually, funny enough, they auditioned for the the, the other role. Like, um, freaking uh, Ronnie Cox auditioned for Clarence, and then uh, uh, was in the Kurt Smith audition for Jones, but they switched them. Okay, and also uh, the look of a uh, the look of Kurtwood Smith as a uh, as uh, what's his name uh, Clarence Bodiger was based on Heinrich Himmler, the dude from uh, the the Hitler. Well, yeah, because I mean, uh, if I remember right, um, the director he actually he grew up. I mean, just I mean, honestly, like in the yeah. shadow of the Holocaust. Yeah. So he said he actually liked that with it because it made him more menacing. Yes, it does. All right, so do we have the movie back? I think we do. And just as a quick note, mm-hmm. uh, something hilarious with Peter Weller, I think you may, I don't know if you have this or not, mm-hmm. but he would actually stay in character between takes. I actually do have that, but yeah. <laughs> and, and so he would not respond mm-hmm. unless uh, unless he was addressed as Robo. Mm-hmm. And, and or, was, or Murphy. Yeah, well, and it was killing the director to the point where he yeah. he literally was busting up. So after a couple of weeks, they he finally dropped it. He's like, I cannot. I actually saw, I, I saw the DVD commentary. Yeah. That I, I cannot take this seriously. I cannot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we got the movie back, people. Now we're back at the uh, media break where they're doing the uh, heart commercial. Mm-hmm. And remember, we care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Jervic line hearts. But now they're going into the whole thing about OCP and uh, what's going on with the Detroit police and all that good stuff. Now in the original script. Uh, there is a scene that precedes this uh, where uh, there's a chase between Clarence Bodiger's gang and there's a cop named Fredrickson that is mentioned uh, during the first scenes here. You actually see that scene where Fredrickson gets killed. And uh, like I said, they cut, they cut it because of time. Uh, actually, if you look at the uh, scene right now, you see uh, kind of cutouts of what the scene was. Uh, and like I said, I first shot a Clarence Bodiger with the glasses on. 
wanted it, wanted you know for uh, different cops being killed, and now they like wishing Fredrickson, uh, you know, saying, uh, "Good luck, Frank." Yeah, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Go get him. Go get him, Frank. But yeah, they actually show the whole scene where Fredrickson gets took down. But now yeah. we're actually at the uh, Detroit Police Department, Metro West, mm-hmm. and this, we got our first look at uh, Sergeant Reed. Played by Robert uh, DeCoy. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. And, and actually, I got to say, for all of the different police departments you've seen in, in movie and television mm-hmm. over yeah. the years, yeah. this is one of the best-looking precincts in terms of realism. Yeah, plus they you know, they got to keep the cliche of the angry black captain slash, you know, the, the angry black uh, authority figure. So, well, you know, Sergeant and then Reed, that, Sergeant that's, Reed. That's, a, that's an aside we can get into. But now we got our first look at Peter Weller mm-hmm. as uh, Alex Murphy. Murphy transferring from Metro South to precinct. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. We work for a living down here, Murphy. Get your arm and suit up. <laughs> yeah. so they let you know what it is from the get, man. Yep. Yeah, it's rough down here in Metro South. <laughs> but it's rough in all of Detroit. Yeah, that's a weird-looking little black lady, too. Uh, EJ, I believe is his real name. Let's was. be honest. Most of the guys in this, <laughs> most of the actors in this, are yeah. pretty weird-looking. Now we're in the uh, locker room here. We see uh, you know Murphy communicating with the other cops and whatnot. And like I said, you look in the background, you see different cops... Male and female, all dressing together. You know, saying so you see the little guy here. His actual name is Kaplan. Um, this little little cop here, Omni Consumer Products, with a bunch of morons. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, you see the female cops here. You'll see one of them with the breasts out. Yeah, right there. There you go. Got the little uh, what they, what they call them? The lab rats. The lab rat breasts. Real pale skin, with real pink nipples. I don't know, man. I didn't call them the lab rats. <laughs> sure, that. Yeah, that's but, the thing. But this is the first little moment of heaviness in the movie where you know Sergeant Reed just walks up silently and takes off Fredrickson's name tag, just kind of indicating everybody that Fredrickson died. Mm-hmm. And listen, no funerals tomorrow. Any officers not on duty are requested to attend. Any donations go to his little assistant Cecil here, mm-hmm. who I don't know why the hell Cecil is a cop. He's the office cop. He's the dorky. The dorky. He's the office cop. cop. Look at him. Yeah, but somebody's got to move stuff around. But it, but yeah, the whole thing of the strike, which becomes a recurring theme with the cops throughout the movie. You know, what I'm saying there's a strike vote. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which but, is actually a thing that we've heard in L.A. once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Murphy, front and center. Yep. Yeah. And I like this little moment here. He loads his gun. But then they do the na- they do his name tag kind of similar to how they just did Fredrickson, mm-hmm. kind of indicating you know to the audience that he's next. He's on the line. Yes, he is. Murphy comes out. Some prostitutes say, "Hey, Tiger, yeah. <laughs> hey, prostitute." But then like some dudes just getting a little wild here and beats up this female cop. But later, I was like, "What the fuck? Mm-hmm. This female cop ain't having that shit." No, kick to the back. <laughs> Punch that motherfucker out. She, she's bah. gonna she's gonna bah. absolutely teach him the meaning bah. of police brutality. Yeah, yeah exactly. But <laughs> it's Detroit don't know about to kill. And now all the cops are like straight up right all they wear is rag gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you know, kind of you know find what? out. She she kinda looks like uh Maggie Gyllenhaal, doesn't she? A little bit, yeah, I can see that. I hadn't noticed that till right now. Especially I, when she had the helmet on still covering her hair. Kind of a thicker Maggie a lot thicker yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal. It depends on the movie. Yeah, but still a lot thicker. <laughs> Usually a lot thicker. And then okay. the whole thing of Murphy and Lewis together for the first time, you know. Yeah. Getting that little friend, the friendship karate thing going there. <laughs> popping, the pop, popping the bubble gum. And Murphy. Because well, in the future in Detroit, everything's yeah. gotten to hell, but nobody smokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's another recurring thing throughout the movie. Every time the, their car leaves the... <laughs> every time the car leaves the uh, little garage, well, it always hits, hits with the sparks. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. he's such a big dude. It, it's riding low, man. Mm-hmm. But, no, but this uh, is before. This is before. You know, so. I know. That's what I'm saying. He was always a big dude. That's <laughs> what they're trying to get across. <laughs> big guy. Yeah. Yeah. And all the all the cop cars you see in the movie are four tourists, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Now uh, we get our first shot of Bob Morton, played by Miguel, the late Miguel Ferrer. He passed away. Yeah. Uh, and also we got uh, his uh, cronies here, Kenny and uh, what's another what's another name? Uh, damn, what is the, uh, the black dude's name? Johnson. Yeah. yeah All that, the black guys in the '80s movies named Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Johnson. 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 Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But doing the whole thing about, you know, uh, fuck Jones. You know, he's like being, obviously, Bob here is a uh, very ambitious type. And we get our first shot of uh, Ronnie Cox mm-hmm. as Dick Jones. And we got uh, David O'Hillary, I believe that's how you pronounce it, as the old man, the CEO of OCP. With that beautiful three-piece suit. Yes, sir. But, you know, gives the, gives the air of, you know, corrupt old man <laughs> very well. Yep. I love his getting this little meeting. My friends, I've had this dream for quite some time now. <laughs> dream that you're going to help to fruition. Tomorrow, we begin construction of Delta City, <laughs> where old Detroit now stands. And you see this futuristic-ass city. It literally be, looks like Epcot. But it would be impossible to actually build because this is the way it looks. No, you can build it, but nobody would live there and I don't, cost it, a it, fortune. It just doesn't look... It's it not realistic. In yeah, it doesn't look realistic at all. So It literally looks like Epcot. And also, uh, another thing that's kind of borrowing that RoboCop does, uh, the whole thing, Delta City. Uh, one thing that RoboCop borrows heavily from is the whole Judge Dredd thing. Yeah. Particularly in England, Judge Dredd loves to satirize American culture. You know what I'm saying? That's the, kind of the whole get down. And the main city in uh, the uh, Judge Dredd comics is Mega City One, which is basically just like this, okay. like Delta City, and like Dick Jones here where he does his little speech. Now, apparently, Dick Jones, since we talked about it a little while ago, actually on our last podcast, the whole Marv Wolfman Lex Luthor thing, that was yeah. a big inspiration for Dick Jones. You know, I have to say, just I'm listening as I'm thinking about this mm-hmm. with all of the different characters, mm-hmm. with the Dicks and the Johnsons. There's a lot of phallic <laughs> symbolism. <laughs> The I was wondering where you were going with But yeah, I can see that. I like this. Like and then this. it's great because you've got Dick Jones up there talking about all, all this, the, this masculine stuff, all the military. No, no but all the stuff that they all that, they already did. Particularly non-profit areas that they did. Hospitals, uh, space exploration. He said, good business is where you find it. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, now he's explaining to them what his concept is. That they need a 24-hour-a-day police officer. A cop that doesn't need to eat or sleep. A cop with superior firepower and the reflexes to use it. And he introduces his model, Ed 209. Oh, Ed. Big looming. They've got one up in San Francisco right now. It it apparently told people trying to report a crime to leave him alone and played music and rolled away. You didn't hear about that? No. Anyway, if if they got an Ed 209, leave that motherfucker alone. (laughs) Well, it it doesn't have the firepower. Which we're going to see in a second. Leave that (laughs) motherfucker alone. Don't go nowhere near it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> stop motion here. Uh, done it's by Phil. Fantastic. Done by Phil Tibbet, the great Phil Tibbet. I love stop motion. Look at that. <laughs> That's a CGI before CGI. Way before CGI. But not as like herky jerky as like the Ray Harryhausen mm-hmm. shit. Look at that. The best part about this too is that <laughs> their idea of a mm-hmm. of a police officer mm-hmm. in this post apocalyptic Detroit mm-hmm. is just 
a robot that shoots you. Yeah. Like, that's literally it. It's yeah. just a giant cannon on, on legs. So, apparently, the body of Air 29 is based on a Bell helicopter. And the overall appearance yeah. is based on it. You know the, uh, the Japanese thing, Robotech? Yeah, that's what they get. That's what the inspiration for. Uh, oh, okay, that nine, makes sense. Robotech, and like, yeah, he's like uh, telling them like, hey, once we've done this little uh, thing for Air Two Nine in the urban sector, it's gonna be the hot military item of the next decade. Like, oh it's God. like, wait, 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 wait. you're okay. gonna send this into the urban sector, yeah. but then it's going to the military. Now this big ass gun that they happen to have in this uh, <laughs> boardroom. That was actually Robocop's original gun. That big-ass Desert Eagle. That's yeah. what it's supposed to be. Chromed out Desert Eagle. That's a, But unfortunately that's for poor Mr. Kenny here, you are trespassing. Now, the voice of Ed 209 is actually the producer, John Davidson. That he, that he, See, that's, one, that's the fun part yeah. about being a producer. You can yeah, put yeah. yourself in wherever you want. But yeah, but this is a pretty fucked up scene. Mm-hmm. You now have 10 seconds to comply. Like, oh, he didn't hear the gun. Like, hey, you a violation code, penal code, whatever the fuck. And yeah, everybody's like, oh, shit, he's not stopping. <laughs> yeah. Now he's really panicking. Like, five, four, Everyone's three, like, <laughs> two, one. I am not authorized to use physical force. <laughs> Done. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Look at all them squibs. Dude, look at all them squibs, bro. Cutting oh, them in, this is the, the I was wondering, this is the uncovered. Yeah, then they show yeah. the extra squib shit. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, <laughs> I love how I was like, well, well, that sucks. Time to move on. Especially the old man. He's like, oh, he's like, all right. Well, I guess we got to do an insurance payout. Yeah, uh, and it's an industrial accident. <laughs> and actually, this is this is meant to be black humor here when they ask him like, can somebody get a paramedic? Yeah, that's not going to help here, brother. He's done. I don't know. You're you're a corpsman. Is there anything you could do? No, no, he's done. You saw fucking organs popping out of. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> Jesus. And like, I love the old man's response. Dick, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> That's it. Oh yeah, you're like this is a glitch. You call this a glitch? <laughs> but in this mo- moment of fuck up, Bob Morton sees an opportunity mm-hmm. and steps in. Sir, perhaps you're aware of the RoboCop program that we created as a contingency against this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's, Dick's trying to get him out of the way. Wait a minute. Dick! <laughs> Maybe what we need here is a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about your plan, young man. We, we already restructured the... Uh, we say we already restructured the uh, police department for according to risk factor. Like, they purposely moved these cops to dangerous areas for this project. Right. To get somebody killed so they could turn them into a science project. Fucking corporations, man. <laughs> At least this one. Yeah, but still, that's fucking nice, man. Just like, look at it. Makes you think twice about Amazon. Yeah, but yeah, you see that look on Dick Jones' face? Like, yeah, you fucked up, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, he's so happy. Like, see that? That's how you do it. You see it opening, you go for it. He's so happy. I'm like, nobody wants grief counseling. They're like, yeah, we didn't like that guy anyway. Yeah, this is like, you know, kind of like the whole play on, uh, you know, the Wall Street thing where it's like, greed is good, you know. Uh, executives reading fucking Sun Tzu and shit like that. Well, and it's literally yeah. got like a yeah. dog eat dog. Yeah, but I do like this line here when in the elevator. It's like, uh, so when do we start? Some some poor schmuck volunteers. And yeah. then our first shot is C.C. Murphy. And now you see him twirling a gun. Which is a, a really bad idea, by the way. Very bad idea, but it's like indicative to the character as it would turn out. And like sitting there, like watch. I'm just saying that for any of our, our listeners. Yeah, yeah, no, real, no, real, no, realistically, do not twirl a live firearm around. Like, yeah, you, you see him loading the shit too in front of her. But I mean, yeah. technically, it's a look. It, it's slide action. He didn't rack around. 
technically he shouldn't shoot her, but still, my God, he shouldn't be doing that. Do not do that. Yeah. We uh, we advocate gun safety on this show. Do Seriously, not, do not fucking do that shit. Don't ever point a gun at anybody yeah. or anything you don't intend to shoot. Yeah. Now, uh, now, since we talked about this whole bloody scene, which we just saw, that the movie was originally given an X rating yep. by the MPAA in '87. Uh, they actually had to tone down a lot of the violence uh, as a result of it. Now, like to meet the requirements, they had to turn tone down the blood and the gore for some of the more violent scenes, like the Air Two Nine scene that we just saw. Now we're watching the uh, extended version, which does have the blood and gore. Yes, that was not removed. So yeah, I'm sorry about that. This is one of my favorite yeah. moments, right? Your first glimpse of Kirkwood. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you see the uh, next scene, which was another big thing for the X for the X rating, uh, Murphy's execution, which mm-hmm. we'll see in just a second. Uh, but you see the first glimpse of you know Clarence Boddicker's gang. You see all the different members. That's the and, best spirit ever, by the way. Yeah, for real. Yeah, Emil and uh, Leon and what's the name of uh, Steve and Joe. Steve mm-hmm. is the Asian guy, and Joe's the black dude. So, and actually, the black dude was a, I forgot the actor's name, but he was on fucking uh, the Greatest American Hero. He was one of the students. Yeah, and he went up to do this. I think those are the two biggest things he's ever done. I love how he's just hanging out of the side yeah. window with two guns. Yeah. And then actually, a uh, fun fact, apparently uh, Leon, played by the great Ray, Ray Weiss, uh, dude that plays Emil, and uh, Peter Weller all did episode of 24 together. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all different characters. None of them have any interaction throughout the scene, but they all did the same episode of 24. Yeah, Peter, Peter Weller's like uh, like that that uh, formerly like good dude who used to be on Jack's side. Yeah, like he's like his mentor. Yeah, it's like his mentor or some shit, right? Yeah, something like that. And yeah. he's like, he's doing all kinds of really horrible shit yeah. behind the scenes. But yeah, you see, uh, you see all, the, <laughs> all the different shit that... Uh, and we yeah. just we literally just saw one of the few screw ups there because they had the window got shot up and then the next shot it oh wasn't. that's right that's right yeah and they uh, and can you fly Bobby let's don't do this man <laughs> and they never really confirmed this but it's initiated that they kill this guy here uh, Bobby when they do this yeah yeah you see him moving right there but he's supposed to be dead and they just slide his body off yeah. Yeah, so he might just be unconscious, but yeah, he's supposed to be dead. I mean, he never comes back, so if he didn't yeah. die, he was smart enough to get the hell but out. But now we go to the steel mill, mm-hmm. the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. This shit here is so stupid to me, where Murphy and Lewis roll up. By themselves. By themselves, just the two of them. Is like Into a place with tons of spots to hide. Yeah, no exactly. Backup. And then, like, your call, let's do it. Like, oh my God, that's a really bad call, Lewis. Lewis is the worst partner. Yeah, I know, for real. You, like, you realize, like, yeah, Lewis, while Lewis keeps hanging with Murphy because she feels she is responsible for his death, which she is. And can we point out how weird it is that she has, like, a figure-formed flak jacket? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. But Murphy is being, you know, a uh, regular cop here, you know what I'm saying, going through the different spots. Still, they should not be doing this by themselves. No. They definitely yeah, should definitely set under, a perimeter, get back up. They are undermanned. The guys ain't going nowhere. So, well, yeah. why would you? Why would you rush headlong into something with this many places to hide? Exactly. You're just begging to get killed. Yeah, and then she runs up on the black dude taking a piss. <laughs> yeah. Again, a lot of dick stuff in this. Oh yeah, it is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a piss and then he stops midstream, which is because funny. she pops <laughs> he, her gum. She pops her gum. And get, apparently he's sitting there with his dick out. Mind if I uh, zip this up? <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, you see Lewis looking at his dick and shit, though. <laughs> yeah. Go, go look at it. Go look at it, girl. Yeah. Look at my dick. Yeah, look at my dick. Look at my dick. She's looking. There you go. Bah! <laughs> just waiting for it. And done. So now. She's like, she just got knocked out. Yeah. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I like Joe's laugh, man. Oh, yeah. But now, unfortunately, it's her idea to go in. Now she's incapacitated, leaving her partner defenseless. Leaving Peter to. Jesus Christ. Go on to. Yeah. Future fame. I love how the fucking uh, cop criminals are talking about free enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, those cigarettes will kill you. Hey, those cigarettes will kill you, man. Yeah. You want to live forever? <laughs> My God. Uh, oh, geez. man. Hey, man, of course, we go to our show here. It's not my problem. With, you know, with all the ch- yeah, a lot of hot chicks in that show. He's just doing a bunch of weirdo shit. But, yeah, but uh, old Murphy... Gets the spring on this, kills one of the members, and has a meal here. Yeah, but then the first utterance of the line, "Dead or alive, you're coming with me," which will come back. Mm-hmm. Over and over to great effect. Yeah, and it's become pretty much become Robocop's catchphrase. So and Lewis is still fucked up. Oh, this is such a dumb idea. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I keep saying that, folks. But it but is. It's a horrible. It's idea. It's a really dumb idea. Thankfully, she has horrible ideas. We wouldn't have had a movie. True. <laughs> yeah, it would have just been called cops. It's movie logic, but at the same time, realistically, yeah, this would not happen. And now, and now he's screwed. He is completely screwed. Now he's surrounded uh, and defenseless. So now he got all these people with guns. Should sure, understand. Got Steve Min and mm-hmm. Leon Nash with shotguns trained on him, and Emil gets his gun. Oh no, yeah, his uh, shotgun. Yeah, your ass is mine. He also took his gun before he grabbed the shotgun. Yeah, but now we get the big guy here, Clarence Bodiger. Mm-hmm. But another, every, all of them got shotguns, which is horrible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so horrible. Oh, I mean, man. like just as like a quick aside into reality. Yeah, handgun rounds, as long as it's not in the head. Mm-hmm. Even in the eighties, definitely now. You got a pretty good chance of surviving quite a few of those. Mm-hmm. You're fucked with a shotgun, especially Jesus with close range. It's oh gonna you're gonna explode. Oh my god! But then it's just horrible. You'll see parts of Peter Weller explode here in just a second. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's gruesome. <clears throat> yeah, I heard like, I heard for a long time Peter say he like I think certain family members of his cannot watch the scene. Oh, for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Again, I mean, this is the scene that got him the X rating originally. Yes, it is, man. This is so gruesome. And then, like I said, we're watching the extended cut, so this is going to be even more gruesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet that really pisses you off. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While, uh, while that's happening, uh, uh, we got, uh, one of my host here has a little bit of a break, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, narrate the movie as we're going along here. And, uh, all poor Murphy thinks is called uh, Clarence Slime, which is another big thing from the 80s. Like, I don't know what it is about calling people slime ball and scumbag and shit like that, but it's very 80s. And now Clarence is toying with him with the shotgun, doing the little voice. And we get to our, yeah. This is heartbreaking. This is heartbreaking. And boom! Oh, blows off his hand. And yeah, this is extended cut, so you see a little bit more of him like walking around with the bloody stump of a hand. Man. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah, see, That's, this, I mean, oh, honestly, honestly it's not that unrealistic. It's not unrealistic at it's all. It's pretty, pretty accurate. It's grotesque. Grotesquely man. accurate. Yeah. And now they're going to have their fun with him, which is so unfortunate. Yeah. 
hey, yeah, this is hard. You know, even even now, I've seen this a million times. It's still hard to watch. Yeah, blow off his arm with the, <clears throat> blow off his arm with a shotgun. That might be slightly exaggerated, uh-huh. but not by much. Yeah, but still, now they just tearing his ass apart with those shotguns. Look at that, Jesus. Yeah, and about right there, he's the only the only yeah. part that's getting really unrealistic right now is at this point he wouldn't have any lungs left. Yeah, he wouldn't but, be screaming. Yeah, but it's supposed to be the flag jacket takes the brunt of it, but still like. The rest of them is, you know... Pretty I still don't believe that's a real flag jacket. Yeah, to, <laughs> no, to the point... No, <laughs> to, like no, to the point where he's, like, he's down on the ground now. It's supposed he to be, actually like... survive it. It's supposed to be they took out his kneecaps and shit. And now yeah. we see... Oh, yeah, this is another thing they took out. The puppet here. And... Boom! See his head exploding yeah. and shit. The head shot. Yeah. Now, in the theatrical hood, they took out the puppet. For obvious reasons, they left a li- they left a little bit of the head, the brain spoon, but like yeah, yeah, they they took out the puppet. Oh yeah, they had to pull it back. But I mean, that happens with with any violent film. Mm-hmm. I mean, they talk about even just going <sighs> country to country. Now Lewis comes in way too late and sees his blood. Just in time to see her handiwork. Yeah, Lewis, you made a really horrible decision. And now you realize that, like, yeah, your part your partner's dead on his first day. Because of you. Because of you. Yeah, I, I really, I can't. No, I got to blame her. I, I, can't, I, have, was, I have no sympathy for this. It was a horrible tactic. It was a bad move. It was the worst tactical decision. And she made that decision. Now, this guy is dead. But she was a senior. Oh, my God. Look at that. Just splattered. Like, you know, parts yeah. of him everywhere. Now we get into the, get him to the medevac. Which, if it wasn't for the RoboCop program, there's no reason to medevac him. At all. <laughs> Because, I mean, after all mm-hmm. that, there's nothing left. But yeah, and this is another great musical part here, like uh, with the orchestral thing. And, you, and it starts wow. starts putting in a little bit of the machine part because of the fact that, yeah, this is kind of the initial thing of... Yeah, it gets uh, like of vaguely Mur- industrial. Of, of Murphy becoming RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry we were interrupted by a phone here. <laughs> <laughs> that was my bad. No, yeah, it was eight days bad. Is that is bad. It yeah. happens. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, funny enough, this uh, this uh, ER team here, this is actually a real ER team. Oh, really? Yeah, in Dallas. Yeah, and they're all uh, all the dialogue here is improvised. Well, that's so cool. they so they're doing it like as an actual emergency. like they actually do. Yeah, that's always good casting. Though, that's great casting. When you can bring in like people actually do it. Yeah, but as this is happening, we see Murphy's life flash before his eyes. We see this thing with his son. And his son's favorite show, TJ Laser. Let's slow down. Yep. <laughs> that was a dumb show, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, We'd watch it, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah we would watch it. <laughs> what's, and, what's really yeah, crazy yeah, is, yeah. if it wasn't for these flashback scenes, yeah. you wouldn't even know that that was I lo- his family. I love this scene here. Where the thing is, like, thrown away. You see his family just yeah. going further and further as, away. As man. though his family just waves to him every day on his way to work. Yeah. Kind of makes him, like, the weird asshole family. Yeah, but it's so sad, though. It is sad, but yeah, just the way they put it together. Yeah, because of how, what it represents is his family going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they're trying to resuscitate him, and you see all the different faces of the different members of the gang. Yeah. And they're shooting him up like crazy. Still trying to resuscitate him. You see more members. Now, I got to say, yeah. just from the wide shots and everything, the, mm-hmm. the way they did the makeup and all this and any kind of puppetry and anything else, mm-hmm. this is fantastic. Yeah. It is hyper-realistic. And like, I like this. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, let's just shock a flat line and give it, give up. Uh, pretty much just let the audience know yeah Murphy's done yep and last shot yep face to black and actually they give his time of death oh yeah that's right 615 
Yeah. And then white noise. Mm-hmm. Straight up white noise. Then yeah. here comes Robocop. Yeah, I love this shit. Waking up. Yeah. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. And you see from his perspective him being created, basically. Yep. Just cool. And you see the rolling here. <laughs> the screen rolling. Now, in terms of the actual design of Robocop, Robocop, like I said, the look of Robocop was inspired largely by Judge Dredd. In fact, it's like a, if you look at some of the early... It's very similar. Yeah, if you look at some of the early, like, clay, like, uh, designs of Robocop, it looked almost exactly like Judge Dredd. Uh, but they changed it up a little bit. They also looked at, like, other characters like Iron Man and another character named Rom the Space Knight. Now, funny enough, the storyline of Rom is very similar to Robocop. Yeah. Yeah, like, what well, it's like this... Yeah, it is. Yeah, this one, this one soldier who's a volunteer to do this program or whatever who turns into what they call a, a space knight, this, like, robotic body. They take parts of his cerebrum and pretty much integrate it into this robotic body. Very much identical to Robocop. Which, actually, of all the... You know, I know I gotta stick with it. Of mm-hmm. all the cyborg films, this is still mm-hmm. my favorite. No, one big influence that a lot of people don't talk about for Robocop yeah. that I love... Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a show called Eight Man... It's a no, ja- I don't think it's so. A, it's, a ja- it's a Japanese anime. I think it no, is a, I haven't done that. I think, sure. I think they say it's the very first cyborg superhero for, for Japan. And uh, the storyline of 8-Man is almost identical to Robocop. And this character was created hmm. like in the 60s. Okay. Same thing as like this cop who gets injured. His body gets taken to the scientists. They integrate his body into his super body. And he becomes 8-Man. Uh, and actually, it's a really dope anime if you ever get a chance to look at it, folks, on YouTube called Eight Man After. Uh, okay. came, out, came out around 94. Look at that Look at that movie. You see a lot of RoboCop. A lot of RoboCop. I have to say, of all my montage mm-hmm. moments from any 80s, 90s film, this is probably my favorite. Yeah. Because is. it's the least like a montage, but it's yeah. still technically a montage. And you see like all the people <laughs> having the New Year's Eve party mm-hmm. and the girl kissing the screen. Well, and it's actually a really great um, mm-hmm. way to show the passage of time. But th- I love this scene right here. This is actually this is actually Rob Routine's idea. Okay. Where they sh- they don't show RoboCop initially, and like you see Bob Morton say, "We have the latest in technology onboard a computer system memory in a lifetime of uh, on street programming." It's my great pleasure to present to you RoboCop. And you see him walking, walk, looking at it from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Go Robo, and. So some extras move and you see the monitor you see Robocop for the first time yeah. that was Rob Routine's idea that was a great idea yeah and then you see in a couple seconds here they, they seclude him even more in the next coming scene where he's like behind the glass and all this shit yeah well and it makes for a really great mm-hmm. you know a really great visualization to kind of help sell the isolation of what he's actually going through because sure. I mean the only look, this could easily just be like like we talked about, like a really bad B movie or like mm-hmm. a cartoon or something. Yeah. But they worked so hard to make sure that they were covering yeah. the humanity of it that you can actually still connect with your protagonist. Yeah. And like you see a lot of people coming in, putting in the equipment for OCP. And he's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> That's kind of his catchphrase, isn't it? In this yeah. Film? Like, <laughs> Everything's scum, 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 bullshit, bullshit or scumbag. Yep. But yeah, like this shit. Foom. 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 Robocop coming in through the. Peter Weller will only respond to Robo. Dude, look, dude, look how big. Yeah, I mean he's not he's not that big realistically, but look how big he looks. Yeah, especially in the how, how they shoot it. He looks like he's like seven foot tall. Yeah, 
Really, five, really, five, ten and a half. But yeah, still. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's you know, it's not like trying to make Semantic. Tom Cruise look like that. Semantics. Yeah. Yeah, and like all the cops, just like, what the hell is this? And like even they're like, oh, yeah, he looks so look, he looks so huge. He's a very small, slim guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a very small, slim guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, he really is. He's actually he's he's very very much a yeah. a gaunt figure. He's like a beanpole. Yeah, but actually, what happened was uh, Peter Weller actually hired a dude named Moni Yakin from the uh, movement department of Juilliard to help him create the movement of RoboCop in the RoboCop suit. Now, initially, they envisioned RoboCop Ugh. moving like a snake, like very smooth and very fluid and whatnot. But because they actually got the suit and it was so heavy. And Moni Yakin told him to slow everything down. This is not a snake anymore. This is a beast. Like you gotta articulate everything. And which is which you see in Peter Weller as he moves like you Yeah, move, everything really yeah, is yeah, slow. Move, move the chest, move the head, then you do all the other shit. Yeah, so yeah, and it and it helps with the performance because it makes it unique. I've never seen like nothing like this before. Like in terms of ro- robot movement. Yeah. Like look at that. Like he looks completely like like just, you just see servos and you know got you know, joints and shit. You, you know, know the other thing I noticed as we're looking at him, we got the first really good close up of his face. Yeah, he kind of looks like the alien in Alien. Oh yeah, with the head. Yeah, with the way they shaped his skull and everything. Yeah, especially with that that neck flap piece coming up. Yeah, makes him <laughs> makes him look kind of crazy. And you hear the though. first recitation of the uh, Prime Directive: Serve yeah. the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law, which apparently. Was supposed to be similar to the Isaac Asimov rules of robotics. Yeah. Yeah, I believe I got them right here. Yeah, the uh, first rule of robotics. The first rule of robotics is uh, a robot may not injure a human being through inaction or allow a human being to come to harm. Second one, a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings except where such orders will conflict with the first law. Mm-hmm. And the third one, a robot must protect its existence as long as protection does not conflict with the first or second laws. Okay. So, I can see that, yeah. And Lewis is an okay shot. But we, but we get the first shot of the Robocop gun. Yep. Dude, I love this gun. <laughs> Look how big it is. Especially <laughs> like a semi-auto. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I stopped myself because I realized that was a decimal CJ joke. I don't know why you didn't jump up on that. <laughs> you did kind of walk in. Yeah, I was, like, I, was like, uh, I was wondering why you didn't say nothing. <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, apparently, it's a the gun itself is like a reformed Beretta. Let me get the exact oh, really? picture of it. Yeah, so they, yeah, they modified. And well, the sound effect that they make it big enough, it, it feels like it's basically mm. a Desert Eagle or something bigger. Mm-hmm. That well, like I said, the Desert Eagle was supposed to be his original gun, but they actually put it in his hand and it looked tiny. Mm. So they had to go with something bigger. Yeah, I mean, he does have big mitts. Yes, he does. Sorry about the rifle and the notes. I'm looking for the gun shit. There we go. All right. So the gun itself, the uh, Auto 9 is what they call it, is actually a modified Beretta uh, M93. Oh, yeah. This, oh, yeah this, oh, God. This senior hit we just saw. Well, that was actually Robocop, uh, Peter Wells' first day as Robocop. Mm, where he catches the keys and walks out. But the thing about it is... It makes sense, though, because his, his movements were more fluid. But the, the part about it was... Uh, it took him like 10 hours to get into the suit that first day and that was the only thing they shot that whole day was just that one scene of him catching them keys I bet because it but take a long time they couldn't get it right it was like 50 takes 
<laughs> of him catching the thing. Trying to catch the keys, and then he finally he anticipated and got it. Well, look at and the, that was the, and that was the end of the day. Well, look at look at the the way his vision is restricted with that helmet. Like yeah. they're lucky he caught it once. Exactly. And you see another. I got that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're loving this stupid show. <laughs> Which makes it less stupid uh, than every other oh show. Yeah, if you look at the comic books there, you see an Iron Man comic book, you see mm-hmm. ROM comic books. And this dude here, the robber, is actually the stunt coordinator of the movie. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> He's like, give me the money and all of it. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> For that guy. Okay. <laughs> Empty safe pops. Empty the goddamn safe. I don't know that I'd be holding the gun all the way out there like he is, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. You know... He's Crim- a stunt coordinator. He can decide. Is that criminals aren't exactly known for the you know uh, style? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is fucked up here. What she calling? I'll, I'll blow her brains out, man. Now, apparently, the whole thing was about to happen now with uh, him being knocked through the goddamn thing. That was actually his idea. The stunt coordinator. Yeah, yeah. That that, the- it seems like a stunt coordinator's idea. Actually, there's another thing that they don't uh, show here in this scene. There's supposed to be a little kid in there still in the candy bar mm. in the original script. But this happens, and then the kid sees what happens when you know you fuck around with the cops, and he goes up to the puts, counter, puts the candy bar. Yeah, 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 goes to the can- He goes uh, goes to the counter after. He's like, "How much for this, please?" Man, it's supposed to be a little kid here. Thank God the kid wasn't there. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your cooperation. Good night. <laughs> I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we go. Now, now this is another little montage here. Same thing, very eighties. But this is kind of similar to Superman the movie, where it's like the first little montage you see of him. You know, his first night on the job, yeah. saving different people. Now you see this lady here getting accosted by these two fucking weirdos. Yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, so what we're about to see right here when yeah. he uh, she spreads her legs and. Yeah. Uh, he ends up shooting her, shooting the guy and the generals behind him. Yeah. But I remember that was actually her idea. Yeah, well, actually, it was more, uh, from what I read, it was actually Paul Verhoeven's idea. Was it Paul's? So what he did, he, got, he had the, uh, the actor had the lady up, and, he, and Paul apparently noticed how the lady's legs were spread. And the initial thing in the script was that he had to shoot him in the face. Yeah, he shoot right past her cheek. Right past her face, yeah. But yeah. then he saw how her legs were spread. like, shoot her down there. And then at the same time, you can fucking demasculate this criminal. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's... You know, more, more, yeah, more appropriate for this particular thing that they're trying to do. Yeah. You let the woman go, you're under arrest. <laughs> Actually, funny enough, this is the very first scene I've ever seen in a roll cop movie. This one right here? Right here. This is the very first scene. I was a little kid when I saw this shit. Too. Yeah, point between the legs and... Right in the jump. <sighs> well, you deserve that. <laughs> Seriously. What, what, what you was about to do, man, you deserve that shit. Yep. You're a move, creep. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and give up. Yeah, I would I will suggest that. Yeah, and she's so happy, but you know, he's he ain't, he ain't really about that life no more. Yeah, he's like, I'm kind of kind of a little bit busy. Just go home. Madam, you have <laughs> suffered an emotional shock. I'll notify a rape crisis center. <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, this yeah. is weird. That's so LA. Look at that. I was gonna say it's kind of Chicago. It's LA, dude. It's the area that's underneath over by yes. the, uh, by downtown. the house. It's downtown LA, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is right here is definitely downtown. Yeah, this right. is yeah. yeah. This is Dallas right here. <laughs> oh, is this one? This is Dallas. The, oh, the, the, shit. Him driving is LA. No, I got mixed up because I was looking at the area behind you, right with that courthouse out front. Yes, yes. I was looking back behind you. No, actually, and another thing from the media break that they kind of cut out, 
this whole thing with uh, this councilman Ron Miller, mm-hmm. they actually show the scene of him being kicked out uh, initially in the media breaking the original script. Mm. Well, I mean, you got to cut some stuff for time. Yeah. Especially when you don't have that, you know, mm-hmm. strong of a budget behind you. Yeah. And this is another thing here, which you mentioned earlier, like when he would get out of the car, he's so big in that Robocop, so he can fit completely in the car. So you see him getting out of the car initially, he has no pants on. Yeah. But, but you see the wide shot, he's in full uniform, but you see him only partially get out of the car. Yeah, they, they, they had to cut and paste this thing together. Yeah, man. <laughs> And this character here, Lieutenant Hedgecock, the guy, the ride, the ride dude, or whatever the who's supposed to be the hostage negotiator, who's terrible at it, by the way. Yeah, that dude is also that actor is also in Beverly Hills Cop. Who was he in Beverly Hills Cop? He was the hotel manager. Remember, like, oh yeah, 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 it's a suite, but uh, we only have to give you the single room rate. He's the hotel manager. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, but yeah, that character actually would extend to the RoboCop cartoon, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Marvel Studios, Marvel Studios at the time did a cartoon. Uh, of RoboCop and that character Hedgecock is like one of the main villains because he hates RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, this dude here like Ron Miller. Like, uh, I want a new office. I want a new car. I want the city to pay for nobody. Dude, you're a terrorist. You just killed somebody. somebody. They're yeah, not going to fucking conform to your stupid ass for demands. Oh, you talk about a car. I want someone with reclining leather seats that goes really fast and gets really shitty gas mileage. <laughs> you want that? <laughs> Yeah. What about cruise control? Let's go with cruise control. Oh, yeah, no problem, Miller. You let the Marvel who even throwing a blog punt. <laughs> I didn't know what a blog punt is for years, and then my I looked at my uh, I was in my dad's car. He had a Celica, and then I saw the stereo was a blog punt. Like, oh, that's what that is. I just found out right now. Yeah, this is stereo. I didn't know. It's car stereo. <laughs> that's what it is. I had no idea. Oh yeah, this whole thing here with the, uh, the thermal imaging. Yeah, yeah, that was actually done with like paint and like naked actors. So sounds about right. Yeah. I love this shit. This is they stole this in Iron Man. We punched through the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Boom. They totally ripped Iron Man totally ripped this off. It's technically an homage. It is, but still. Right? Isn't that what they say it is? Yeah, but uh, it's supposed to be like when they uh like it's in the Iron Man one, it's like a scene in a village and he does the same shit with like a terrorist. So I love this uh <laughs> kids at Lee Iacocca Elementary School. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? He seems like the kind of guy who might have donated some money. Before. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And then kids see, it, and I love that the kids get to see in person what their parents only read about in comic books. Mm-hmm. Robo, Robo, do you have any message for the kids out there? Stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would take that seriously, kids. Mm-hmm. Like you take, you either don't, and you have, have to you, deal with him. Have you seen him kill a few people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he, yeah, you might want to take that seriously. And uh, what was, uh, I forget, now they got some more war shit. And I love this shit here, Butler Brothers game. Nuke them. Get them before they get you. I'd like play a, that game. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a Parker Brothers game. Yeah. It's pretty more like Battleship, but with nuclear weapons. Yeah. Like, really? Boom, boom. <laughs> Look at all the fun they're having playing with nuclear weapons. <laughs> I love this movie, man. It's so weird. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Now, because of the success of uh, RoboCop, they're going to go forward City. with the building of Delta City. Yeah. And Bob Moore now, as you see, has moved up in the world. He's now a vice president. Well, I mean, if you do that well with something yeah. like a I, RoboCop, you I should love, be vice president. I love his little line here, too. He's like, oh, we in security concept in the crime in old trouble within 90 days. And look in the camera. There's a new guy in town. His name's <laughs> RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> love that line, man. 
Oh yeah. But you see Bob, hey, things are going good for Bob. He's upgraded to a pinstripe. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? People you know, you know hey, moving up in the world, got a little more money. Now he's got the key to the executive washroom and all the other shit. And yeah. Welcome to the club, Bob. Yeah. I will say that for uh, what's supposed to be something of a Fortune 500 company, there's a surprising amount of neon in uh, their corporate offices. Yeah, well, you know. It's, but it was the 80s. It's somebody's interpretation of what a corporate office looks like. In the 80s. Now, Bob Morton was initially conceived to be this like stereotypical corporate executive, arrogant, unpleasant, unlikable. But when Miguel Ferrer had signed up and they saw his performance, he kind of made it more of a charismatic, kind of likable character. So they realized, so they made him into a likable asshole. Yeah. Which he is. So. <laughs> but oh boy. I love this dude here where he's like, cuts off midstream because he's so scared of Dick Jones he actually pisses his pants. Like, you're a grown man. Like, mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Everybody else is running away from Dick Jones while they're sitting there bad mouthing him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, y'all a bunch of pussies, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't care. Yeah, he didn't know I'm after him. Uh, uh, yeah, I got the only successful project. Mine's better than his. I love how threatening Dick Jones is here too. Like just kind of, you know, I used to call the old man names too. Iron butt, boner. <laughs> Once I even called him asshole. And it was supposed to impress him. Boner. <laughs> but it was always respect. I always knew where the line was. And you just crossed it, buddy boy. <laughs> Such an 80s conversation. Yeah. Too. Calling him boner or asshole. <laughs> That's like, being a tough but, guy say, but saying asshole, like, this was really impressive. See, I can talk dirty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know naughty words mommy told me not to say. That's exactly how it sounds. Ooh. It's so juvenile. I said asshole. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a bad person. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, like I might even stay up past ten tonight. <laughs> watch an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. Ooh, something with boobs in it. But no, I'm gonna watch it on on television so they cut the swears out. <laughs> <laughs> That's how come I know to say yippee ki yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> That is the best I'm sorry, folks. AJ is killing me right now. If you got AJ, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> I love this little slightly seductive thing he's doing yeah, with his hair it's, here. It's so, it starts out sexual and then gets really like, aggressive. Really sexual. <laughs> and yeah, aggressive. Yeah, very aggressive. You know, I like this little thing. You better pray that that bastard creation of yours does not screw up. Hmm. Well. That's another little allegory to another favorite and another influence on this movie, Frankenstein. That's a, that's why I've always seen Robocop. It's like a kind yeah. of a modern Frankenstein movie. What if Frankenstein was made by Ford Motors? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. Like, and then the whole thing of him being created, and, like this whole, like, and then having to deal with this new existence as this creature with, you know, like you're, you're a unique creature in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're man, but you're not a man. Well, machine, this whole thing with them watching, the, not a machine. watching the sleep disturbances or the mm-hmm. power down disturbances and everything, like even that's pretty interesting. Uh, his sleep looks weird though. <laughs> and little spasms here. Yeah. Uh, and you see on the screen. And they're just totally. Ignoring I know, them. yeah. And you, like, but but you see on the screen, you see his dreams and shit. Yeah. It's just so weird. Yeah. And he having a flashback of him getting killed. Ugh. Still gruesome, man. And, he, and, he, and anything, he's having a flashback and he's feeling it. Yeah. 
Which is even even worse. And man. meanwhile, they're just slurping down their coke and fries. Yeah. And totally ignoring it. Yeah, big. And he's got to be making noise as big as he is. You can tell by the big ass coke. <laughs> yeah. 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 And now they finally you, see it. What was you, that? You know who uh, helped uh, fund this thing with that big coke can in her coke uh, glass in her hand? I'm guessing Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> it was a Dr. Pepper movie. And then they always make they they making fun of him and calling him names, calling him Bucket Boy and shit like that. Like, you know, I can kill all of you. Seriously. I literally can. And for no real reason, really. You know, like and then he's like, uh stop, hold on, like like you gonna stop him. Uh yeah, that's not gonna happen, bro. He's like, uh, I'm going back to work. Yeah. And <laughs> Do you want me to be a twenty four hour cop? And like just left. Just he just left. Like, yeah, he just left. What'd you want me to do? Yeah. You know, they just like panicking now. Like, this has never happened before. He just up and leave. Looking at all the different little schematics and different little monitors and shit and trying to figure out what's going on. Did anybody record his dreams? That's a good question. It was on screen. They should have. Yeah. I would have if you think you're getting what he's receiving. Yeah. Should be recording everything. And uh, old old, uh, Guilt Trip Lewis. First time she realizes, oh, hey, maybe that's my buddy I got killed. And completely screws him up, too. Yep. Like, you screwing him, screwed him up in both forms. Basically, she's just a bad luck charm anyway you cut it. Yeah, because now, now he realizes, yeah, it's more to me than just being a robot. <laughs> and I, she's doing this hoping that, you know, he remembers her, which he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But she, he will eventually. Now, don't you have a name, like... Like you, like, you sitting there smiling and you have no remorse about me being killed. Murphy, it's you. And that triggers him. You know what I'm saying? That's what you call a trigger. Backing up. Like, I have to leave. Don't you remember anything? <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to leave. Somewhere there's a crime happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that line, though. What did you say? What did you say? Nothing. Liar. Yeah, you did say something. <laughs> you, you said, said something. You said something, obviously. You said too much. Yeah. Way too much. You triggered the robot. There ro- he was, Peter Weller pantsless, getting in the car. Mm, triggered the robot, girl. Mm-hmm. No, you're in big trouble. Big trouble. Like, like you're executive. I'm a cop. I yeah, can- why are you pushing yeah, me around? Yeah, yeah, why are you pushing me around? I'm a cop. Yeah, seriously. If I was a cop, I'd be like, um, why don't you just bro, get out of my like, face? Bro, what you doing? Te- I'd be like, uh, technically, mm. you touched me. That's assault. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, going back to the gun a little bit, the RoboCop gun. So apparently it had like selective uh, fire modes on it. That's why they picked the Beretta because it had that option. Okay. Yeah. So it it can be semi-automatic and be a three-round burst. The three-round burst is obviously what they use all the time. Yeah. Now the basic design of it is uh more or less like uh, apparently Ed Newmeyer said to the gunsmith that he wanted it to look like a sarcophagus or like a coffin. That's why it's so big. Like, it, it, it doesn't really look like a coffin. It doesn't really, but like, yeah, that's what, that's what he wanted. Now, when they were testing it out, now the gunsmith, the dude that created it or whatever, I think it's a dude named Texas named uh, Ray Williams. Okay. That's the dude that created the Robocop gun. And to test it out, they actually went up into like a hotel when they first got the gun. He's like, hey man, you want to test it out? Like, you're shooting him? Like, yeah, sure. So they got some blanks, went to the bathroom, and shot that shit off. 
set out the fire alarm. Of course they did. And got gunpowder all over the whole, like, all over the bathroom. How are you a gunsmith and you don't think about that? Yeah, and then also because of the fact this is a whole new type of gun, it actually had to be cleared by the FBI as a prop for a movie. I think it's was it the FBI or the ATF? Uh, I think it's uh, I have because it's usually ATF. I have it. I see why you say ATF. I have here FBI. Well, whatever. They had to get federal clearance. Yes. Because when you start planning with anything that's got a full auto mode, it's a mess, even yeah. in the movie world. Yeah, exactly. I like this, the, the guy with the gun here. And an old boy sitting there trying to do his physics homeworks. Like, oh, apparently, okay. apparently the uh, the homework or whatever the whatever the guy studies what Vohoven uh, studied in college. Hmm. So. <laughs> well, at least it came in handy after he became a director. Yeah. <laughs> He's like bragging like I can I can kill you from here, man. I just want to get some gas. I swear to God, I can kill you from here. Yeah, I bet you can. Yeah. Let's see the crime in progress, Robocop going down there. He's still he's still fucking with him, even though he's cooperating. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. You're gonna die sometime. You a college boy or something? Huh? Oh, it's plain geometry. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, uh see how smart you are, huh? Can you have smart bullet? Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. Keeps fucking fuck with the dude. Like, dude, leave him alone. You got Did what you want. Everything you needed. You see the bullet? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I don't notice that before the bullet. Yeah, that's Peter Weller driving up in that car. Peter Weller without pants. Peter mm-hmm. Weller with pants. Can <laughs> <laughs> actually call this movie Peter Weller with pants. And then we get another utterance of dead or alive, you're coming with me. And that triggers the bad guy now. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold up. I've heard that before. I thought I killed you. Yeah, yeah. You're dead. We killed you. Uh, and record- I don't think so. Yeah. Oh wait, I remember you. Yeah, we killed you. And then same thing with Lewis. Lewis said, "Murphy is you now. He is this. You're dead. So who am I?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, starting to question his identity here, man. You make a Robocop question himself. That's not fair. That's bad. Why is that gas pink? I don't know. Does <laughs> it look better on film? I guess. Doesn't gas always look pink better on film? I don't know. Why is it? Yeah, that's weird. Oh yeah, and apparently they made a Robocop suit specifically for this one scene. It's like made out of like fiberglass. Yeah, you see the Robocop suit here, yeah, it's made out of fiberglass. With a stunt man in here walking through this explosion. Yeah. Now we see Peter Weller. Now we see Peter Weller coming from the same explosion. Mm-hmm. Boom! Oh, oh. wow, man. Road Rash City. Oh my god. Broken Bone City, dude. Mm-hmm. You see how he landed? That stuntman did not get enough of an adjustment for that. I don't no. care how much they paid him. No, sir. Oh, good lord. And now he's starting to, who are you? <laughs> Question him after the fact. Yeah, he's in shock, bro. He's in <laughs> shock and he's got a massive head trauma. Who are you? He's not going to be able to answer you, bro. Not now. Yeah, but now Robocop's starting to question himself. See him in the, look at all these computer banks. I know. And back then, that's about the same amount of computing power as in your iPhone now. <laughs> Look at the computer things. <laughs> no, you can't help me. This Cecil trying to buzz around Robocop. That's not going to work, bro. Yeah, seriously. At all. Wait just a minute here, butter. I'm like, this is a restricted area. And get the first shot of the spike. Phew. Now the spike is <laughs> the spike itself is actually a two man thing. It's two separate parts. Neither one will ever integrate it into the actual costume itself. 
Now, what had happened was, like, he would he would put his hand down, somebody would come up with the spike, give me a whole little hand or whatever. You can actually see footage of the hand, like, with, with the person behind it, like, in certain shots or whatever. Yeah, but this thing right here that they're using to access computer mainframe and everything? Yeah. Like, that's straight up ripoff out of Star Wars. Yeah. Like, that's R2-D2 all day long. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Right? But now we see the first shot of, like, Emil Antonowski. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a last name. And known associates of Emil. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, it's him. Oh, I know that Leon, guy. I know that guy. Leon Nash. Know that guy. Joe oh, Nash. Yeah. Know that guy, Steve Mann. And I definitely know this motherfucker. Clients mm-hmm. Bodiger. I love how the music like... Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It had builds to, uh, you know, the reveal of Alex Murphy. Mm-hmm. And suspected in Murphy. Suspecting the murder of... Who's Murphy? Mm-hmm. That seems normal. Is that me? Yeah. Let's look. I've heard that name before. I wonder what he looks like. I've seen that guy in my dreams. Yeah, we see Alex Murphy. <laughs> look at it. His headshot of Alex mm-hmm. Murphy. Of course but, he has a headshot. But, but the hitter here is this deceased. Yep. Damn. And close up of Alex and close up of his address. Pimrose Lane in Detroit, Michigan. That's a very nice neighborhood for Detroit. Well, it's not Detroit. It's Primrose. It's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be in Detroit. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. But that's a very nice neighborhood. From what I've seen in Detroit, Detroit is like... That's probably closer to like Birmingham. I'm about to say, uh, from what I've seen in Detroit, Detroit looks like hell on earth. Well, no, but I mean, if you go to like Birmingham, which is like a suburb outside of Detroit. Yeah. Like, it's more like this kind of a thing. Which mm-hmm. actually, they've got a killer cigar shop there. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Churchill's. That place is legit. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, another inspiration for uh, Peter Weller's performance in terms of the exaggerated movement is RoboCop. Apparently, uh, Moni Yaking had him look up a movie called uh, Ivan the Terrible. Mm-hmm. And apparently the actor in there, Nikolai uh, Cherkasov, apparently was moving that way in the movie. So it really was an inspiration for Peter Weller's RoboCop. And now we see our first flashback of him in the home as it used to be. Prior to his death and disappearance. And see his son, Jimmy, who is, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and they're watching his favorite TV show, TJ Laser. On a ridiculous television cart. Wow. Can you do that, Dad? Oh, look at that tube television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this place is like chic black and white for that little neighborhood. The interior doesn't match the exterior at all. No, it doesn't. Plus with this little computer thing all over the place. Yeah, it keeps telling you, hey, uh, why don't you check out this house? And like, it's a Shut really up. interesting little setup for, I guess, what's supposed to be a... Working class family. Yeah, and what the hell is with that world-class husband mug that's all broken? Well, it's, it's supposed to be something maybe the family gave him or some bullshit. Well, I know, but I mean, it's just like this weird state of like semi-destruction in the home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, spo- yeah, you're spo- yeah, 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 you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be selling out. this house. Yeah. Why is all this fucked up shit still in here? And like all the like dead flowers and stuff over by the yeah. by the fireplace. Yeah, and you see a little family photo here. Yeah. Oh. Uh, like I said, this right this next one right here, this is the kicker. Yeah. We'll see his wife in the bedroom and she's like, you know, I really want to tell you something, I love you. And it looks like they're about to have an intimate moment and then she disappears. And then he comes back to it. Yeah. That life is gone for you, buddy. Yeah. Damn. Look at the look on his face, too. Yeah. It's probably, his, it's probably, it may be his most human moment once he's made the switch over to Robo. No, I think it's his most human moment when he takes off the helmet. 
That's my opinion. That's my that's my opinion. Yeah, he's pissed you know, off. With him, with him in the helmet, that mm-hmm. was his most human moment for sure. Okay, I'll give you that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I and he, he said this. He said this scene. He was actually the most dangerous scene in the movie. Because you can't see and it's dark. And he's got no pants on. And he's, <laughs> and he's wearing that stinking helmet. Yeah, he cannot see any of the steps as he's going down here. Yeah. Mm. He's just got to trust all the extras get out of the way. And yeah, I see, some, yeah, I see some girl with a boobs out. Like a lot of punk music. I think I think the name of the song actually here is uh, what is it? Is it? Yeah, I actually got the name of the song. In this, in this. Oh yeah, it's a uh, "Show Me Your Spine" by uh, PTP. So you want to look at the song, song from Robocop, Show Me Your Spine, which is a really fucked up name for mm-hmm. song. And we also have our director cameo right here. That is Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so weird. Oh, he grabs him by his the hair. and drags him out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just clapping and cheering and shit. Like, yeah, all right, cool. Well, yeah, man, if it's punk, I mean, the, the fact that they don't have a better pick going on with people like Stomping each other is ridiculous. Another another 80s thing. Cocaine. I don't uh, think it's just an 80s thing. <laughs> but particularly cocaine. Look at yeah. all this cocaine, man. It's de- it was definitely big in the 80s. I did that. <laughs> it, it made Columbia. It, true, it's not it's not a, it's not exclusively an 80s thing because I, I guess some club stories I'll tell you when we'll, we'll start writing the bouncer. <laughs> but yeah, I guess a lot of... I think you've seen a thing or two. Yeah, I have. I'm like, dude, seriously? Like, hey, you want, and actually, I've been offered, like, yeah, you want to bump? Like, what the fuck? Was that Liberty Insurance? We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Or no, was it Nationwide? Whichever one it was. Uh, uh, we are farmers. Bump, oh, yeah, bump, farmers. Bump, that's bump, what it was. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. I like this. Uh, getting some cocaine up the cleavage. <laughs> that's a ridiculous 80s thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. And oh, hey, someone's at the door. Hey, that must be the champagne. No, it's not. <laughs> nope, you wish. No, it's not. Unfortunately, you throw your whole knife through it. Whole night through a loop. <laughs> Sorry, you had to call me. Shut up. Oh yeah, apparently, like I said, uh, Paul Verhoeven did not really get American slang. So like, uh, when he says the scene here, uh, by the way, I hope I'm not offending anybody. What I'm about to say. Uh, this is um, <laughs> the scene where he says, "The scene where he says, bitches leave." Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Paul Verhoeven did not get the concept of bitches, so just he just repeatedly just called, kept calling those actresses bitches. Okay, uh-huh. bi- okay, bitches, you come in, and then bitches, you stay here. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't understand. Uh, uh, bitches, uh, bitches, when you leave, you, <laughs> like he just kept saying that, and then apparently Miguel Ferrer and Kurt Swift just died laughing because like, dude, no, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> And then Bob Morton here. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Dick Jones here gloating via DVD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Early D- No, this is 80, so it's laser disc. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I mean, he was actually on the CD, but they're setting it up like it was a like, like, like a laser To make it look disc. like they're ahead of the curve. Oh, yeah. And then, I like He's like, the best part about it is we could have been friends. So he, got, he actually had a setup in his office. We can make this video. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. The background and all the way. Well, he just tongued the ring on that grenade, too. Oh, yeah. That was a Kurt Will Smith innovation, too. Um, and, of course, Paul Verhoeven being Paul Verhoeven loved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's that, yes. So, that's the yes. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, and then he's gloating. The, you know, think of this as life. There's a winner and there's a loser. And now we're about to lose poor Bob Morton. I'm cashing you out, Bob. And he reaches for the grenade, but he can't reach it in time. Messed up. Mm-hmm. Boom. 
Bye bye Bob Morton. That was a hell of a grenade. It was more like more like a plastic explosive. Yeah, but well, either way, got the job done. Mm-hmm. Now we're here at the cocaine plant. Everybody oh, just as one would find in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, the cocaine assembly line. <laughs> <laughs> Innovative and it's so damn stupid. amazing business. Cocaine assembly line. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at the absurdity of that. A cocaine assembly line. Everybody just sitting there chilling. You got the bass on. You know, just happy. You know, just doing work. You know, regular mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we do. We got a cocaine plant right here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm making good money out of it, I guess. Yeah, man. I mean, like uh, he's trying to sell his product to uh, Sal or whatever. But it's a hell of a good mustache. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is, man. Whatever Sal is, I know the actor behind him, the uh, the big guy in the brown shirt here, the stuntman. I know yeah. I, I've seen a stuntman in a bunch of other movies. Yeah, he got around. Yeah, they have a very distinct faces, like the pug, the pug, the like kind of pug puppy dog face or whatever. I've seen, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen them before, man. I've seen this actor before, too. I forgot what else. He has a very Chicago look about him, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, he should be a cop in a Chicago movie. Probably was a cop in a Chicago movie. No, no, I know him from. What? He was in fucking Over the Top. Who was he in Over the Top? He was one of Robert Loja's guys. That's what it is. Yeah. You know how Robert Loja had, like, a little army of dudes that were for? He was one of Robert Loja's guys. Really? That's why I saw him from. Yeah. Him and Terry Funk. <laughs> Sorry, that moment. He dips his finger in wine, just puts it on his nose because, like, that's so yeah, gross. I'll still drink it anyway. That's gross. You stuck your fingers in it. God knows what you've been into. Exactly. Blows cocksucker's head off. The alcohol kills it. That's yeah. fine. Ooh, guns, guns, guns. Clarence is a sick man. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I love this scene here. This is probably like my, in terms of action, this is my favorite scene in the movie. And that guy would grow up to be Eric Foreman's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a blooper. Really? Of, uh, no, no, there's a blooper where Ashton Kutcher says that. Like, hey, come on, man. Your dad killed Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. I actually, I love Kurt Woodson. And actually, his, great actually funny enough, another Ashton Kutcher blooper. Here's another similar one. Some movie he did with Terrence Stamp. And Terrence, he's like, hey, man, like your dad killed Superman. <laughs> no, your dad, you know, you know your dad beat up Superman, right? <laughs> I love how he just does this quick targeting all the way around, and then it's like, all right, yeah. speed shot. Now, apparently, his, uh, one of his uh, this is one of Peter Weller's favorite scenes of the movie. Oh yeah, well, because I mean, this is his, probably his most badass moment. Exactly, and then apparently he had headphones on doing this whole thing. And he was like listen- just listening to music? Yeah, he was listening specifically to Peter Gabriel's Red Rain as this was going down. <laughs> as this was going down. And the thing about it is this this whole scene was not supposed to be as fast cut. It's, uh, it's supposed to, it wasn't supposed to have as many cuts as it does have. But all these automatic guns kept jamming up. Yeah. Well, you gotta work, you got to work around too. Because the other thing people mm-hmm. don't think about that never been around guns, you see how quickly, aside from the mm-hmm. powder that they're flown in the air to make it look like you're cocaine. I, but I just love, yeah, Robocop going full cowboy well, here, man. You have so much smoke yeah. from lighting off those blanks. Yeah. <laughs> a little, uh, uh, that's that's the trademark Robocop shot, the no-look. Yeah. <laughs> He's taking these fools out, man. And actually, Kurt Will Smith said this is the one scene where he felt the most sorry for Peter Weller. Because of, of all the things you just said, all the smoke and all that stuff. Because like he can, yeah, barely, I mean, he really yeah, can't he, see. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be getting slick on that floor. But he said, like he said, like he can barely breathe in there. Like, he like he can only imagine what was happening for Peter. Yeah. Man, 
And now that I see it too, like, yeah, because it's right over his it's nose. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He got a little bit of vengeance right there. Yeah, he got one of Joe them. Joe Cox is down. Joe Cox is down. Steve is dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, apparently, oh, yeah, this part right here, uh, the, the actual uh, producers of the movie were actually concerned that cops would, like, hate their portrayal in this movie. They actually loved it. Yeah, this no, this particular Spe- scene. This, specifically because of this scene. This scene is the one that cops love the most. He's like reading them as Miranda rights as he's throwing them through the window. Yep. <laughs> you have the right to remain silent. Spits in his face. The other Kurtwood thing. Boom! Mm-hmm. Through window one. <laughs> and he's now starting to beg. He's like, yeah, he's serious. <laughs> yes, he is. You have a right to an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> through window two. And you see the windows kind of exploding right before he hits yeah. it. Yeah. Well, because yeah. even that breakaway glass, you've got to got to start it, otherwise you can still get hurt because it's still heavy. Yes, it is. I only had it. I've had they actually tested it on me once for a movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, actually broke it over my head. It wasn't that bad, but still, yeah. Was it a bottle? No, it was like a plate glass, a plate of glass. Oh really? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that sugar glass. I mean, it'll crumple pretty good, but yeah, it's yeah. still. Yeah, yeah. It broke it over my head once. <laughs> like now he's fully confessing he's Dick Jones man he's, he's number two guy on OCP that's my boss mm-hmm. OCP run the cops he's about to choke his ass to death here but then that prime director comes up like yeah I can't kill him not like this anyway director three uphold the law I can't just kill him like this I want to but I can't I love the little moment he's like you're a cop yes I am a cop mm-hmm Kind of like, kind of like, underline the difference between him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah, well, but that's like that whole thing that always comes up with Batman, right? They're always like, mm-hmm. you know, you you have one rule you can't break. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing there, which makes it kind of comic booky, even though it's not. You know what, what a Batman movie we should do? Mm. Fucking, have you ever seen Under the Red Hood? No. Dude, we should watch that since we just talked about that. Under the Red there, Hood. There is a dialogue similar to what you just said. Mm. So, but now, yeah, throw some Clarence in. Him. This is actually my favorite shot right here. This one's my favorite shot of Robocop where he turns around right here. I just love the way shot. He's a cop killer. <laughs> it's like, uh, how yeah. do you not know what the charge is? Oh, yeah, this right here where he spits the blood on the thing. This is giving my fucking phone call. That was Kurtwood. Kurtwood added a lot he, to this character. Like I said, the guy is amazing. Yeah, he added a lot to this character. I, 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 I mean, I know he's getting up there, but he's still working. I'd love to work with him someday. Yeah, me too. Dude, that matte painting, yeah. by the way, yeah. of Detroit was horrible. And then you see another matte painting here of OCP headquarters making it look like this giant size skyscraper. But yeah. again, uh, Dallas City Hall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This uh, old GPS Dick Jones watching, with, the, with the GPS the green with the GPS. Apparently, the dude Rocky uh, Rocco Joffrey is the dude that did the map painting. Here. It was great though. This one looks good. The, the other one was a little bit rough, but I don't know if that's entirely his fault. Yeah. Again, Peter Weller with no pants. <laughs> and Peter Weller with pants. With pants. <laughs> That should be the title. Peter Weller well, without Weller pants. with pants. Weller without pants. <laughs> Weller with or without pants. pants. Well, you, don't you do exactly like that. Weller with pants. Weller without pants. How about Weller with or without pants? I don't like that. You like it? You want, you want you prefer no, the I like, I like the with pants without pants because it's kind of the joke there. Okay. I'm just right. saying. I'm Weller just saying. Pants, I'm just saying. Pants. I'm just I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah. It's a lot of W's. <laughs> 
What a what a wobbles. What a what a what a what a wobbles. It's a whistle. Like a, the dude on Star Trek, because the Russian dude is the whistles. <laughs> <laughs> I love this scene here. This is a very much a Lex Luthor Superman scene right here. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, you are under arrest. You can't for, arrest me. Yeah, no, no, for what? Aiding and abetting a known felon. Oh, I guess you have to arrest me. I will. <coughs> yep. So instead of kryptonite here, we got Director Four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he does do the kryptonite acting. He does. <laughs> like he's walking uh, into kryptonite. Uh, uh, it's super Superman. Uh, kryptonite. What's the matter? <laughs> Something wrong, officer? I'll tell you what's the matter. Directive four. My little contribution to your psychological profile. Any attempt to arrest a senior officer of OCP results in shutdown. He can't he can't fight it. Look at yep. that. Yeah. What you think? You are a real police officer? You're a product. And can't we very well have a product turned against him, can't we? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so weird. <laughs> he does look kind of Arnold here. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. He's got a little fight left in here. He's got the gun out. Can you lift his gun? Yeah. And I wondered about this too, like, because uh, remember, uh, there's a scene a little later where he's at the uh, warehouse, he's fixing his leg, like, did you bring the gun? So mm-hmm. what happened to your gun? Oh, you dropped the gun in the office. You see this? I love this fight here too. Little Air 209 and Robocop. Because mm-hmm. the music. And blasting, just blasting Robocop. Now you see our first sign of vulnerability. Well, yeah, I mean, you shoot him with a Vulcan cannon. Yeah, but you know, it's the first sign of vulnerability to Robocop. Boom! Knocking his ass away, man, dude. Basically sending an ad-ad after him. He looks so Lex Luthor here with the coming out of the office while this machine is like taking down the superhero. Mm -hmm. Look at that. That's so cool. But you see, Robocop is a little stronger than you would think. But he still can't move for shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the acting part, right? Yeah, bro, he's a heavy-ass suit. That's the... (laughs) Move. <laughs> Missiles. And again, yeah. why that would ever show up in an urban policing environment is yeah, yeah, yeah. We need that for the for the streets. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's popping in the streets. It's a purely military product. Mm. Dude. Look at this. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 Air 209 ain't no joke, man, when he can work properly, but here comes Air 209's weakness. Stairs. <laughs> what is that? It was a. Uh, it was Family Guy. Yeah. Oh, stairs. The cripple's natural enemy. <laughs> He's just like. Oh, oh. Oh. I don't know what to do. Oh, it's stairs. Oh. Can I? Can, Can I? I? The tread is not ADA appropriate for a robot. I love Phil Tibbet because they uh, right here. We steps off miniature. Look at that miniature work though. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. This stop motion is insane in this. The stop motion is insane, but that initial tumble, that was all miniatures. Yeah. It looked great. But now we come out, and now we actually have our... This is this is what I call the Frankenstein moment. 
because he comes out, you know, the creature comes out, and yeah. you see the villagers with pitch a set of pitchforks and goddamn uh, torches. They got you now flashlights and guns. Yeah, but same same objective: try to take down the monster. Prepare to fire. Now the other cops are like, wait, hold on, he's one of us. We have orders to destroy it. Hedgecock, yeah. Yeah, in the cartoon, yeah, it, it, like every other episode has Hedgecock, like, I hate Robocop and all this other shit, so. Yeah. It's because he's better at his job than he is. Way better. And, it, and there's, there's another fundamental thing of that character in the cartoons that he's constantly coming up with these schemes to undermine Robocop, but in the end, Robocop, of course, looks better as a result of it. Yeah. Now he just looks inept and stupid. And now they're moving in with these star all what now, why would cops why would American they cops have, have got st- some why, 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 why would American cops have star augs? Because Bushmaster was outlawed? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's what happens when you have a foreign director. Yeah, very much <laughs> I I think I saw this when I was in the military. Surprised they don't have what the what they call the gun, the Kalishnikovs and shit. Yeah. Surprised they don't have those. Yeah. yeah. I think I did see an AK at one point in here. Probably. Yeah, but yeah. I think I, I, think I might have seen an M240 in there. Yeah. But yeah, Robocop down to one knee. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're still shooting at the man. He's getting away, though. Going down these damn uh, levels. Mm-hmm. He's down like three levels now. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Lewis comes to help him. Guilty Lewis. Justifiably guilty, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Oh. Uh, oh. That would be my dog. <laughs> I don't know if you folks can hear it or not. My dog is upset with me. Judy, y'all have Magua? <laughs> it may very well may be. Maybe a grandma. I'm, I'm going to leave this house before midnight. <laughs> Alright, the dogs are we'll get them well, okay, I already folks, the dogs are good now. Now back to the movie. Well, Open I think she finally kind of made it up by yeah. saving. saving yeah. Oh yeah. So. Also, so the uh, this commercial, the dinosaur here, was actually made by the uh, Chiato brothers. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And a lot of people don't know the Chiato brothers are like guys who specialize in claymation, particularly in the eighties. I think the biggest thing is they made the killer clowns from outer space. Oh, dude! They, are you kidding me? They're those guys. I yeah. didn't realize that they made the killer clowns, and also that is the such a ridiculous. And also film. the graphics for Michael Jackson's Thriller, where like you see the opening graphic, it's like oh, tw- yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, twitching yeah, yeah. and shit. They made that too. Well, that's cool. Yeah, killer clowns from outer space. You gotta watch that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you love clowns. <sighs> Uh, I have a severe dislike of clowns, okay? Severe dislike of clowns and two other things. Rats. (laughs) (laughs) And teeth. Teeth being pulled on film, specifically. Dude. There was a... I don't know what it was for, but I saw this thing when I was at uh, NBC Prop House. Mm. And it was a bodysuit. And it was... I don't know if it was for some weird fucked up show they had. Mm. But the bodysuit was basically all teeth. So head to toe teeth. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. It's it was for, it's, so disgusting. It's for a TV show. Cause yeah, it was because it was a TV prop house. I'm sure it was TV, but it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I know. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. I seen. I seen. Uh, it makes some, my skin crawl just to think about. I know. It. I seen some dude post some shit about it on like Instagram. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. <laughs> now Dick Jones out of prison. Got a nice suit on. Of course he's out of prison. Still scarred up. <laughs> a couple of scratches. Yeah, you know, get get the shit beat out of him by a robot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and this uh, secretary here, 
is the real-life Mrs. Kurtwood Smith. Actress uh, Joan Perkle. <laughs> but yeah, that's Kurtwood's wife. So he's like sexually harassing his wife in the scene. <laughs> it's probably the safest way to do it. Less mm-hmm. chance of getting in trouble. Because we're both getting paid. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. and it's his wife, so, you know. So, like, I'm getting it. They in. made a deal. <laughs> like, I'm getting it anyway. So, yeah. They made a deal. Yeah, we made a deal at the house. It's not like he's harassing an extra. Mm-mm, that's my, that's my girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now uh, the bad guys are, you know, bad guys are here discussing their plan and shit. Snorting a little cocaine just for just for effect. It's never specified that it's cocaine or whatever that is, but I'm pretty, yeah. Whatever. But, but, uh, they're, they're, but it's, a very, it's a very good chance it is cocaine. No, he's doing snuff because he, you know, he looks like a tobacco guy. Yeah. Really? He's a cyborg, you idiot. His memory is as missile as evidence. You involve me. <laughs> You're gonna have to kill it. I love how Dick is like, I don't wanna do this shit. I fucked with him before. I don't wanna like, do it again. Did you see my face? Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> Your company built the fucking thing. Now <laughs> I gotta deal with it. That's my problem. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta tell why don't you have a self destruct spit switch or something. Yeah. Yeah, why don't you? <laughs> you you well no, he busy making director four. He's like, okay, go ahead, go. Suit yourself. But, you know, Delta City starts construction in six months. That means uh, millions of workers out of work. That means gambling, drugs, yes. prostitution. The place where you're going to make all your money. Exactly. Hey, yeah. So, well, I guess they're going to be friends after all. It's surprising Richard. you never turned it around on. I'm just been like, hey, man, remember the time I killed that guy for you? Like, <laughs> you were already an accessory, not just to the cop, but to me killing your competition. Hey, hey remember that one time I killed that guy for you? Yeah, <laughs> kill, <laughs> <laughs> destroy it. Gonna need some uh, heavy firepower. Got access to uh, military weapons? We practically are the military. That's a great line. Yeah, also from the original script we practically are the military it was a solid script to work off of I yes mean, it, yeah. if you've got a good script yeah. stuff's always going to go through changes once you're making a movie but if you got a good script it's something good the thing, yeah, it's, I think it's, the, a, it's a scaffolding yeah. I've read the script it's very good read and like I said the most detrimental thing apparently to it was the title Robocop other than, that, other than that it's a dope script now the one thing I gotta throw off here because again this is like this is a great looking location like for mm-hmm. for your money it looks fantastic yeah but going back to the realism for a second okay so I just saved you from just about getting killed by the cops so I take you back to where I got you killed as a person yeah this, yeah, like, yeah. This yeah 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 this just has I'm, the I'm, weirdest I'm always, I've always said that too like so back to the scene of the crime again like I don't we don't exactly have good memories here together yeah, she has the weirdest thought process and yeah. what she thinks. I, I hate his the shit with the pliers. He's like fixing his leg. Yeah. I think that's the, you know, the rivet gun and all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I brought some food, some baby food. No. Yeah, because that's what they they had him. Uh, what's mm. his name? The other guy eating the baby food before, like applesauce. Tastes like baby food. <laughs> he's so happy. That right there is crazy too, and he's putting the drill to his head. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but then you see why he's putting yeah. the drill to his head. It's like, oh, that makes sense. But yeah. Like, ugh. It's so cool. Like, and then, like, it's obviously to everybody. Now, this is a good indicator indicated to the audience. Like, yeah, freaking, like, about to see some shit. Mm-hmm. But he says, you may not like what you're about to see. And then there's a big debate here that the chin guard disappears and there's no explanation for it. Well, let's see. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's just the top. And it's gone. See, chin guard gone. You don't see a drop down or nothing. It's just gone. Mm-hmm. His, all his neck protection is gone. But it's an overhead look, mm-hmm. so maybe it is, maybe it does drop down. And you just didn't see it. Yeah, 
But you don't really see it in his neck. No, he sees his face as Robocop for the first time. Mm-hmm. But he sees his face, but he has no memory attached to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Yeah, see, this chin guard's not, not there at all. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. All, like, all his neck protection is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're too busy arguing about whether or not they should yeah. have it in dark or bright lighting. Yeah. Murphy had a wife and son. What happened to him? Mm-hmm. He looks big as hell here with the makeup, man. Well, yeah, it's because they had to build him out so that they can make it look right. Yeah. Like they stretched his skin over like a robotic skeleton, yeah. essentially. And, and now Lewis is explaining to him that he and his wife moved on started a new life. Now, apparently in the script, she's supposed to move to like some kind of lunar colony to start over. Hmm. But I love this. Like This is a Peter Weller's favorite part here where he says, I can feel them, but I can't remember them. Well, then you've got that scar from the bullet wound to his head. Yeah, leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Very sobering moment here for Robocop. But in Detroit, pure fucking chaos. Mm -hmm. And they're still watching that stupid ass show. It's not my problem. Buy that for a dollar. (laughs) He was like just bimbos and this weird little guy. Apparently, he's recovering nicely from his head trauma with whiskey. Yeah, look at this dude just looking at some boobs. Ah, they're just going rampant here, man. Even he's the, even he's the perturbed by all the rampant crime. Like, I'm trying to watch fucking TV here, man. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Might as well commit me a little crime here so I can listen to TV properly. Seriously. Yeah. Can't hear it with you guys screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a stupid show. <laughs> yeah, she's for me. You know, like, hey, can I have you both? <laughs> Such a pervy little guy. Yeah, they, they, they just love this fucking show. Ooh. Ridiculous. I'd buy that for a dollar. That's you know what you want to go with that. I'd buy that. I'll, for a dollar. Buy, yeah, that that, one, better that one, one with her with pants, whether without. That'd pants. be a great. You should put put that in there, just like kind of as a part of the description. But as far as like getting recognition to the fans, I buy that for a dollar. Let's uh-huh. go with that. Yeah, the six thousand SUX. Oh hey, how did how did Joe Cox come back? We watched him get shot. Yeah, he said he, he no no he didn't get shot. The, the he Asian, got shot and he went off the. No off no the, the Asian dude got shot and when he got shot he knocked Joe. Over. Oh I thought I thought he got shot. And went no down he didn't get shot. Too. He doesn't get shot yet. Yeah. <laughs> he will get shot. Well, I yeah. know he, I know he does, but it just it was something I always thought was a miss. Yeah. The co- oh yeah now it's not some Joe would take one. No. Well they now they break out with the Cobra assault rifle. Jesus. All better known as a Barrett fifty. Oh my god! <laughs> just a uh, fucking just a fifty cal basically. Boom! Just a well, fifty cal if it had like incendiary <laughs> shells, I guess. Yeah, but essentially a fifty cal. I mean, it looks more like a fifty cal. Mm-hmm. And actually, in '87, this might have been before the the Barrett fifty cal was even known. Dude, look at that though. Look it's more that. like a it's more like a mini grenade launcher. I like it. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> hey, fuck you! Get your own man. <laughs> There's more for everybody. Everybody gets a fucking Cobra assault weapon. Uh, damn. Oh, you always gotta, you always gotta take the top off a of fire hydrant in an '80s like yeah. crime movie. Yeah. Anyway, I guess, I guess uh, Joe recovered from Clarence blowing up his car by letting Clarence, by letting Joe blow up a bunch of shit, so he blows up a truck. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's the way to do. Now, it. Now Mill blows up a fucking nudie bar. I don't know why you had to do that though. Nudie bar didn't do nothing wrong to you. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I mean, they took a lot of his money over oh, years. Yeah. Oh, now they found Robocop at the steel mill. Back to the steel mill we go. At least we, I know my way around there. Yeah, 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 they do. 
Back to the scene. Come on, guys. Let's I, 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 I love it. Back to the scene of the crime again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an ugly-ass car. The 6,000 mm-hmm. XUS is an ugly-ass car. It's and now, ridiculous. It's an ugly car with really bad gas mileage. I would not buy that shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that's what that's what the uh, was it the the congress or the councilman the city councilman wanted he wanted that car something with leather seats and really bad mileage shitty gas mileage realistically especially out here in California you would not buy a fucking six thousand SUX at all I don't think anybody should have ever bought one oh no put that next to the Gremlin Hmm? and the Pinto yeah. It's just just a personal preference. Or what was the other shit I got? Rec- well, I wouldn't recall. They just stopped making them. DeLorean. Man, the DeLorean. DeLorean no, has got an interesting look to it. I think you were gonna go for an Aztec, Pontiac yeah. Aztec. Yeah, yeah. But the, yeah, the DeLorean just like it's cool looking, but it's impractical because of the, because of the gold wing doors. Yeah. So. But I mean, if that's the case, and you should never, you should never get a uh, what do you call it? Uh, Lamborghini or yeah, Maserati. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Maserati's got normal doors. Yeah, uh, well, this is another bonding moment between Lewis and RoboCop slash Murphy. Yeah. But like she's helping him target. <laughs> like he's targeting. Like she even like, has any idea what he's saying. I love that he just like interrupted her sleep just to fucking shoot her some gun, shoot her some baby shit. Hey, you know what? She got <laughs> killed. Like, exactly, you got me killed. Like fuck your sleep. Yeah, seriously. It's like mm, you're gonna do what I want to do. Yeah, you got me killed. Now you got me. Now you got my head messed up because you got me thinking of somebody else. Seriously, so you're yeah. gonna get up when I get up. So fuck your sleep. Apparently, the steel mill is a long way from downtown because they left in the middle of the night and now it's morning. And they just not getting there. Yeah. 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 You should leave. I'm so surprised. The bad guys are back. Yeah. Right. Are we in their hideout? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> no, they had oh, a, I had no idea. I thought yeah. they just killed us somewhere random. Well, you, were, you, well you remember you watching through as they murder your friend. They had a TV down there and everything. <laughs> I know they had bunks and shit. Yeah, like it was obvious it's their hangout. Yeah, I think they might come back. <laughs> I love, I don't know. I'm shocked. Hello, Robocop. You should leave. <laughs> Get the car. She's like, oh, kind of like last time. Okay, yeah. And and oh yeah, not because the movie criticism like like with certain movie heroes where it's like it looks like they never reload their weapon. Mm-hmm. You just saw Ro- Robocop reload just now. Yeah, but he still doesn't reload enough. Although technically, since it's a new gun, who knows how many it actually? Exactly. Has. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, now all the bad guys here got their Cobra assault rifles. Now they're looking for Robocop. Now they're itchy, and uh, the trigger fingers are itchy. And my my bad. And uh, Robocop straps me real quick with a little piece of metal. Just to get their attention. Ba-boom. And of course, they immediately start. Yeah, they they trigger happy. Looking for me? Now Joe gets shot. (laughs) Yeah, he gets shot the shit shit shot out of him. (laughs) Yeah. But it's nothing compared to what's going to happen to fucking Emil. Mm -hmm. Jesus. (laughs) Cut him off. Cut Cut him off. off. Let's go. Let's go. Leave Joe, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Leave Joe, he's dead. <laughs> now, Leon uh, blasting them. Actually, Leon, uh, Ray White starred in a movie that had a similar thing to Robocop. Well, it's, it's different but similar. Uh, Swamp Thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because uh, he was uh, he was uh, Alec Holland. Mm. Ray Weiss was. And... Turns and gets turned into Swamp Thing. Now here comes Emil's uh, comeuppance mm-hmm. and gets knocked to a fucking vat of toxic waste. 
Giant bat of toxic waste, by the way. Mm-hmm. And of course, this one causes flesh and face to start melting. Now, this Those is act- pretty good comeuffins. Now, this is actually Rob Boutine's homage to Rick Baker. Yeah. Because um, Rick Baker did a movie in the 70s called The Incredible Melting Man. And this is inspired by effects that Rick Baker did. So look at this. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Can't breathe. It's mm-hmm. like melting. Oh, my God. That's so gross here, man. Now, when you see... It's uh beautiful. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the thing, now, the thing coming up here with Ray Rice and uh, Emil when he first sees him, mm-hmm. that's genuine. That's the first time he actually saw Emil in the makeup. So, mm-hmm. him screaming, just, ah! Like, you know, that's, that's yeah, great. that's not legit. That's a legit reaction. <laughs> he'll get flipped on. Yep. That's here, right here, right here. Don't touch me, man. <laughs> that was genuine fear from Ray Weiss. <laughs> these these guys have about as good aim as uh, as any terrorist you've ever seen. Like you ever see like those videos like yeah. terrorists taking pot shots? Oh yeah, right here, Amir walking in the middle of the street. That was a real life dummy. And what they did was right here, boom, hit the dummy and it explodes. And the thing about it is the dummy was full of food from like props. Like from like mm. craft services for like the last couple of days. Oh, that has to be so nasty. And they just left it in the body. And that's what happened when it's all, blood, it's like splattery and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so gross. Hey, you're not wearing any body armor. Maybe stay. Foom, 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 foom. Yeah. Yeah, she deserves this. Though. Yeah. She and all, it. The, all, the, all the trouble she caused in this movie, Louis deserved to get shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now here comes uh, Robocop Jesus. Mm-hmm. Walking, Walking on water, water. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's like the, the, what they made in the American Jesus, as as uh, Paul Verhoeven explains it, is mm-hmm. it's a scene coming up here where he's like, "I give up," and Robocop says, "I'm not arresting you anymore." Oh, now he's an American. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the American Jesus. <laughs> I'm not arresting you anymore. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, uh, you kind of fucked up here, buddy. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Yeah, you 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 can cause me enough pain. You got to go. See, this part always seemed like it was over the top. Why would he swing the crane when he could just shoot him? Unless he just realizes he's a shitty shot. Yeah. Because he still got you know the the targeting issue. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, I mean, with uh, no Clarence. Yeah, with Clarence, because he's got he's got the big gun. True. But yeah, Leon gets the drop on him with the fucking wreckage. Boom. <laughs> Fucking girders and shit falling on. Yeah, but Leon all happy, but unfortunately, Lewis got to the Cobra assault rifle mm-hmm. and bye bye, Leon. Boom! <laughs> Another big explosion. Mm-hmm. This scene right here, this is, this is a crazy scene right here with Robocop. Look at him, he's fidgeting with the robot style mm-hmm. and shit. And Kurt Will Smith gets the fucking little spike here. He just start going at like the music. Ding! Ding! And fucking stabs him in the chest with the shit. Damn. You know he has no parts. You feel for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Robocop gets his ass back. Actually, that they took that part out with the piece of flesh yeah. dropping on Robocop's chest to get the R rating. Well, I mean, you can't have everything you want. Yeah. It's that old Stone song. Yeah. <laughs> can't. Always get what you want. Uh-huh. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Louis Murphy, I'm a mess. They'll fix you. 
They fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you see how fucking strong Robocop is lifting the goddamn steel girder off of him. Yeah, that shit's heavy. Look at that. You ever had to play with steel? <laughs> yes, I have. That shit sucks. I'm from the South, you know, so that's all you know. I don't know, man. Some people don't play no, with we, steel. No, we play with sticks and metal and shit, so yeah. Dude, those steel girders, that's some heavy shit. Yes, sir. And uh, Big Drone's still confident. Like, we got a, we got an Air 209 watching the building right now. Okay. You see the Air 209? They're articulating the Air 209 because of the twist, see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't forget earlier, motherfucker. Robocop just looking at him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but Robocop hits his ass with the Cobra assault weapon. And, yeah. Boom! He should have did a Robo. He should have did a Rambo style. Like, from, oh, yeah. From the hip. A little hip shot. <laughs> a little hip shot, man. I like. I mean, I like the tripod, tripod thing or whatever. But I think it would have been cooler. It would have been way cooler if he'd done a hip shot. And then just drop the fucking gun on the thing and just drop, mm-hmm. roll in there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 With the fucking uh, the, tur- the little turning thing for it to on nine. Like it's like, like it's drunk. Yeah. Dude, it's straight up like. And in the, in the, in the twitch. In the twitch. It's like, like it's like an at at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the, yeah. when it when it's uh, when it's been blown up and what was it, Empire Strikes Back? Guy? Yeah, yeah, with the legs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> boom, boom, yeah. And was, we're going each we're going to meet every new challenge with the same aggressive attitude. Boom, here come Robocop. I love this scene, man. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Oh, it's yeah. killer! It's a great, great, uh, great climax. Yeah, but the you know, but it is really that Robocop hero moment. Mm-hmm. Dick Jones is wanted for murder. Look, this thing is a violent mechanical psychopath. My program will not allow me to apprehend an officer of this company. Mm-hmm. It's very serious charges, young man. What is your evidence? He keeps on like he's a kid. Mm-hmm. Very serious charges. What is your evidence? He's the spike and the confession. Everything has a spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, to, that was. The I had to kill Bob that. Morton because he made a mistake. Now it's time to erase that mistake. And just doing it on playback. Johnson all pissed off. <laughs> well, you killed my friend. That was my buddy. That was my buddy. <laughs> I was gonna, we're going to ride this thing to the top together. When yeah. I Robocop goes to the original Robocop gun, the Desert Eagle, and holds the old man hostage. I want a chopper now. I'm going to roll him to the roof with my hostage. And if I try to stop me, your old geezer gets it. <laughs> this is so cool, man. I love it when he finally puts it together. I was like, oh yeah, if I fire him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old man <laughs> takes him a second. He's like, yeah. mm, what do I do? Uh, Dick, you're fired. Shh. Thank you. Take him down, Robocop. Boom. You done, bro. <laughs> Johnson's all excited. He's like, yeah. And the, dumb, right and the dummy with the two long arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Paul Verhoeven was wondering if this moment was going to work, but then he went to a, a shooting. Like he went to like a theater with an audience, mm-hmm. and he saw that all the audience was saying Murphy before Old Boy got it out. He's like, "Yeah, this works." Yeah. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Robocop turns around. Murphy. Got a smile, and that's how you end your movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how you end up with Robocop too. That's right, Murphy. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. Let's give it a clap, man. Come on, come on. We love Robocop. Yeah, he's such a white guy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Stop clapping. I need direction. <laughs> Isn't it nice this role reversal? Well, you're the one doing the directing and I'm the one acting ridiculous. 
Okay, listen, we need this. We need this for the scene. Okay, I want your motivation to be this. <laughs> your motivation is trying to be a man with rhythm. Okay, okay. I mean, I could use another one for safety, but we'll live with it. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. <laughs> Do the Scorsese shit. So what, what are you feeling right now? What are you feeling? <laughs> All right, now, uh, a couple, now, we just want to finish the movie now. A couple quick facts like I like to do about RoboCop. Mm. Now, uh, in 88, this is actually the first Orion release to premiere on Showtime. The very first one. Hmm. And also the very first Orion release to be a premiere on HBO. Okay. So Now, RoboCop was actually released in America on July 17, 1987. The movie was obviously a commercial and critical success. It grossed over $8 million this opening weekend and went on to gross over uh, $53 million in its entire domestic run, making it the 16th most successful movie of 1987. Now, its estimated budget was $13 million. Now, this movie is, of course, uh, received well by critics and actually was considered by many sites to be the, one of the best films of 1987. And it also currently has a uh, rating of uh, a percentage rating of uh, 88 on Rotten Tomatoes. Good for them. Which is, hey, I mean, that's, yeah. that's saying something. Yeah. And also, Robocop was also nominated for the Academy Awards for film editing and for sound. And it won the Academy Award for sound effects editing. As it should have. It was killer. Exactly. Now, uh, we, uh, Entertainment Weekly actually named RoboCop the 14th greatest action movie of all time. In 2008, the movie was selected by Empire Magazine in the uh, 500 greatest movies of all time. And also was put on the list of the uh, best 1,000 movies ever made by the New York Times. Uh, it was actually on the ballot for AFI's uh, 100 Years, 100 Thrills. And it was on AFI's top 10 list of the best films of the classic, different classic genres. Uh, Robocop was a candidate for science fiction. And um, British director Ken Russell says that Robocop is the best science fiction film since Fritz Long's Metropolis, which is actually a big influence on this movie. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Now, uh, it eventually spawned its own franchise, including merchandise, two sequels, uh, a couple of TV series, and a, a remake. A remake movie. Two animated series, a uh, TV miniseries, several video games, a numerous amount of like comic book adaptations and crossovers, most notably RoboCop vs. Terminator, which mm. I would love to see as a movie. Uh, but in terms of the actual movies that came after it, RoboCop uh, 2 came out in 1990, June 22nd. Uh, RoboCop 3 came out in November of 93. RoboCop uh, the Reboot came out in 2014, February time frame. And then they had, like I said, four TV series made from it. RoboCop the Series in 94. Uh, RoboCop Prime Directives in 2001. And then they had the uh, aforementioned RoboCop animated series done by Marvel Productions in 88. And they did uh, another uh, cartoon, uh, RoboCop uh, Alpha Commando. Which actually, of the uh, shows, um, all the different shows here, apparently RoboCop Alpha Commando had the longest run. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's all the notes I got on it. Dude, I wish there was something I had that you didn't, but mm-hmm. as per usual, <laughs> I come prepared, man. You got me beat, man. But on a personal note... Oh, wait, I do yeah. have one more. What? Uh, apparently, when they did the video release, home video release, mm-hmm. Richard Nixon was actually paid twenty five grand to help promote it, yeah. and he donated his money to Boys and Girls Club. Oh, yeah. and they there actually, you go. And they actually I had, have one you didn't. And then they actually had a person dress up as RoboCop in a very awful costume. I remember that now. There's a picture of it online. Look up Richard Nixon and RoboCop. It's fantastic. Another, a couple other weird RoboCop appearances. 
Robocop appeared on the Capital Carnage pay-per-view for WCW <laughs> in the early 90s where he was a uh, pro wrestler Sting's tag partner, Robocop. It was Robocop and Sting versus the Four Horse with Ric Flair and all this. <laughs> and also, most recently, Robocop was one of the many people picked to be Colonel Sanders for KFC. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course I've been different Robo uh, ripoffs like uh, Urkel Bot on fucking Family Matters was a Robocop ripoff you know so different shit like that like I love I love Robocop actually on a personal note but the first time I ever actually saw it was uh, when my family didn't have like Showtime all the time so like Showtime would have like a free weekend yeah every year or whatever no, I remember that yeah and like during that time frame for some reason Robocop would always show up because so, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a very good one. So, like, of the movies, I actually watched both of the sequels before I actually watched the original. Uh, and I said, I knew of them. I knew of the original. The only, only, only reason I knew of the storyline of the original because of the fact that my high, junior high school actually had a RoboCop video game in our, like, uh, lobby of the gym. Hmm. Like, when you weren't playing basketball like I wasn't. So, you go into the, <laughs> so you go into the lobby, you play video games. They had the fucking X-Men arcade game. Okay. They had, w, they had WWF Superstars. Mm-hmm. And they had the RoboCop game. And yeah, you just I play those things all day. So, so, get your little 50 cent, get a honey bun, get you some, get you some Sprite, and play fucking video games. All, the, all Ro- the RoboCop game and the Terminator video game. Those are two, two hour, and Area 51, those were the shooter games yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. And of course, Robo- again, RoboCop versus Terminator. They've done it in a video game, they've done it in a comic book, and it's only a matter of time before they do, do it, it as a movie. movie. You know what? 2017's remake did all right. It did all right in no, terms of box office. It was, I think, 2000, it was 2014. Was it 14? Yeah. I got mixed up on these. But anyway, the recent one, it, it did well enough. There's a good chance they could do Terminator. I rewatched the reboot a little a while ago. It's not a bad movie. Like, my biggest criticism about the movie, like I told people when I first saw it, is that it was named Robocop. Yeah. If this was named something else, everybody would be like, Dude, this is a dope-ass movie. But, like, because of the fact it's Robocop, there's a certain expectation that comes with it. Just, let's and just it never means it. Just, just like, like with Total Recall. Just like with all the other reboots. Like, yeah. you see the original, like, is this as good as the original? No. Uh, and it wasn't. But, like, in terms of, like, how the suit looks, like, suit the suit itself is actually a big exp- um, inspiration to me for a black star. Okay. That's a big inspiration for that, that particular suit. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked so great. Uh, and... Freaking like I like I say it looks cool like they do the original look of the robot they do uh, one that's like an original Robocop look but the one they use most throughout the movie is like the all black version mm. so yeah and it, it looked cool again the only detriment against this movie because it had good effects it had good weapons stuff in it it just the, wasn't what everyone was the story was Robocop. okay but like, like I said the biggest detriment yeah. of this movie that was called Robocop but it's not a bad movie mm. so, well, I'll buy that for a dollar I'll buy that for a dollar. And with that note, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, knock out this uh, podcast for this week. We're going to sit here and discuss what we're going to be doing next week mm-hmm. um, amongst ourselves, but you guys will find out soon enough. Uh, but this has been Dropping That Culture with JD and AJ. I'm JD. And I'm AJ. So we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Dropping That Culture. Dropping That Culture. Dropping That Culture. Dropping That Culture. Dropping That Dropping that coach. 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 Dropping that coach.